And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Coming to you live from our radio television studios. That's right, right here in Northwest Pennsylvania. Now, we're, we are not the recipients of $650,000 of George Soros's money, Open Society Institute. We're not the recipients of 650000 That's uh, That's Black Lives Matter, actually. Huh. Go figure. Black Lives Matter, 650000 Compliments of uh, Soros, Hagman and Hagman.com, HagmanReport.com, our websites. Turkey, flipping sides, cuddling up to Russia. About 50 or so hydrogen bombs in Russia, or in, uh, yeah, in Russia, at the uh, Inkerlik, uh base there in, in, in Turkey. Yeah, I, I understand that they're dated. They're disassembled, basically. You have to assembly required. But, uh, you know, you've got about 1,500 airmen there guarding that, or at that base, and about, what, 12 dozen Marines? You've got tensions uh, with China. Tensions with the with Russia. You got a new Silk Road forming with Russia, China, Iran, Turkey hopping on board that gravy train. You got the energy uh, energy realignment realignment. You got petrodollar taking leave or about to be destroyed by the globalists. You got uh, NATO on the way out. Power moved by the globalists. And then, of course, domestic disturbances here in the United States with Trump being in Wisconsin, just uh, not too far from Milwaukee, where the, I believe tonight, where the uh, trouble was. You got the uh, planned social unrest and all of this. So that's what we're we'll talking about tonight, this broadcast on the Hagman and Hagman Report. And that's right. The, uh, that was on uh, Joe. How you doing? Bring you, bring you right on right now, Joe. Stan's also going to be with us tonight in hour number three, as he comes on each and every Tuesday. Yep, yep, yep. And um, before that, the first two hours, as you said, we got a number of things to cover, from the domestic unrest to international military news, as China is teaming up with Russia and Syria and Iran to provide enhanced military training in Syria as Iran is giving troops, putting troops in Iraq. Yeah. There's a lot going on internationally. And you mentioned the, yep. uh, the Ukraine, you know, uh, economic the, news. The, the Ukraine is, it's all about the oil pipeline there, the Crimea, Crimea. Um, the, uh, <laughs> Crimea, Crimea, the importance there. They've got the, uh, warm water port, the only warm water port for the new, Russia's nuke fleet. And of course, if Crimea is threatened, Russia is directly threatened. 
Ukraine, as I said, it's all about the oil pipeline, the uh, invasion of Crimea. It's not really. It's uh, Turkey and Ukraine, the push for Crimea. The invasion is not by Russia, but the protection by Russia. But it's it's three-dimensional chess, folks, when you're looking at geopolitics here. So I mentioned I was on uh, with Alex Jones today for two hours, I think, something like that, from one to a little after three, I guess 3.10 or something like that. It was a fun time. We, we had a good time. Um, I don't know, did you catch it? Did you all catch it? No? Yeah? Good. Our studio audience, vast studio audience is split. We've got about the 400 onlookers here in the, in the uh, Hagman Hagman studio. No. <laughs> Actually, my, my, my daughter just came to the studio, uh, unscheduled. I didn't expect to see her. It's good to see you. And she counts for 400, basically, right? Yeah. Anyway. So, yes, a lot to talk about tonight, uh, in this broadcast. And don't forget, the leaks, the WikiLeaks, oh my goodness, uh, do we have fun there? <laughs> Are we going to have fun with this? Um, <clears throat> a couple of things with this. Um, and, and as I mentioned on, on InfoWars today, Hillary Clinton is in a duck or bleed kind of, kind of scenario. The Clinton Foundation right now is the subject of three investigations. That's right, three investigations and by three U.S. attorneys. Uh, Assange has all of her and Cheryl Mills and Huma Abedin's emails. Oh boy. Yeah. I'm not sure that all of them. But ah, many 36, of them. 33,000, 36,000. And I say that because there, there's another date planned for another release. Well, the, right. It, the release is different than the, um, yeah, I, I get that. I, I understand that. But, but they're not releasing all of them at once. And, and I think there, there's a, there's a good reason for that, which I don't really want to get into, but I, I think that it's, it's a planned release. But I, I do think they have captured all of them and, and certainly Russia, China, Saudis, Israel, they've all got those emails. Um, but uh, it, it's it's really interesting because the criminality that exists with the Clinton Foundation, you've got Huma Abedin overlapping the her her uh, time at the State Department, where she was receiving one hundred thirty five thousand dollars a year. Now look, folks, that's not enough. All right, one hundred thirty five k. It ain't enough for Huma and Carlos Danger, her husband, <laughs> Congressman Carlos Danger, also known as the Stick. Well, that's why that's why I call him. <laughs> she she worked at uh, Tenio, which is in the Clinton Foundation as well. See the Tenio that she was getting three hundred and um, thirty five thousand a year. Nice gigs if you can get them, right? Considering that what seventy eight or eighty seven percent, eighty I think it's eighty seven percent of the new jobs created by the pretender in chief, the renegade in chief. Barry Satoro, I think 87% or 78%, please. I don't know. It was one of those numbers. It was a really high number. We're all part-time jobs. I'm sure not paying anywhere near 335000 that Huma Abedin, the, the uh, beaten wife of Carlos Danger. When I say beaten, I mean, you know, beaten down uh, uh, metaphorically, not, uh, not, 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 not physically. Believe me. You gotta watch everything you say. You have to be careful with everything you say when you describe people because, you know, 
you just don't know if uh somebody pressing the keyboard, the keys on the keyboard. Uh, yeah, that's right, Eric. We'll uh, we'll type something out and say, you know, I think I think we got to sue him for this. That's right. So you got the Clinton Foundation, foreign policies director. Uh, you know, I, it, look, it's all about capital or globalist uh, uh, control. It's all about uh, the Clinton crony capitalist, uh, the crony capitalism of the Clinton criminal cabal. That's a mouthful of C's, right? Uh, now, there's acrimony within the FBI. As we speak, I was talking with some people over this weekend and um, with some sources, the acrimony within the FBI that uh, um, Comey came out, of course, you remember when he came out and said, well, there's uh, no reasonable prosecutor would go after Hillary for the uh, for his investigation, the, the findings of his, of his investigation. Well, there's acrimony within the FBI over the recent thrashing of the FBI by Bill Clinton. Agents are upset. Field agents are extremely upset. Upset about the muzzling of, of their investigation and findings. So you've got that. And now we've got uh, the waning, shall I say, waning uh, trouble in uh, so, social unrest in, in Wisconsin northern Wisconsin, or northern Milwaukee, that is, that is a direct result of the Soros and globalist initiatives, in part, of course, and the globalist initiatives or objectives of, of Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, the yak. Do we have a yak? Do we have the yak ready to rock or not? Okay, pretty tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to de- debut the, the Trek of the Yak. You don't know what I'm talking about. The truck of the yak across the screen. Um, you can mic up. You, you can mic up. You can mic up, young lady. All right. So anyway, all of this. So we're seeing war clouds forming on the on the Joe. I mean, we're seeing war clouds forming on the uh, on the horizon. When I say war clouds. At the epicenter of this is the petrodollar. It's all about the money. Follow the money. Any war that you've seen, is it's all about the money. You're seeing the takedown of the petrodollar. You're seeing a power shift in the Middle East where, uh, well, between Turkey, Syria, Iran, you're seeing Erdogan. Um, yeah. You saw him apologize to Putin for shooting down the, you know, hey, I'm sorry for shooting that aircraft. And, you know, well, there's a, a military first for Iran as Russian bombers based on its territory launch airstrikes on Syria from Iran, and they say this is the first time since the 1979 <clears throat> revolution that a foreign power is conducting military operations from Iranian territory. And this is Russian bombers flying missions over Syria using long-range missiles right. yep. to track targets in, in near Aleppo and other Western um, Syrian city, cities, this according to the Russian Ministry of Defense in a statement from earlier today. And this is a, a new alliance. There is cooperation between Tehran and Moscow and Syria 
and now China, as China is stepping in with humanitarian aid as well for Syria. Both militaries, the United States and China, look, we're, we're planning for military conflict. Russia's planning for military conflict. China's planning for military conflict. Everyone in the world knows that war looms. Everyone except the people of the United States, the states who are just blissfully unaware, for the most part, that, that war is looming. Do you know war is looming? No? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, What's going on with Turkey is is very interesting. I, I think it's just tremendously interesting. Uh, again, just referencing a conversation with with Alex today, Alex Jones on Infowars. Just briefly, Joe, I, we talked a little bit about this. I think we think we have to stop looking at all of these situations, whether they're they're in the United States or whether they're in uh, Turkey or or wherever they're taking place. But they can't be looked at as independent individual disparate incidents. You got to look at them. As as a part of a whole, part of a larger plan, and I think that that's. I mean, the 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 unrest in Milwaukee is connected to the the geopol uh, geopolitics of of Iran and, and Syria, and and why do I say that? Because you've got the you got the same people the, the same people who are funding Black Lives Matter to the tune of six hundred fifty thousand dollars. You know how, what? What are we on the wrong side of this fight monetarily? Imagine what what the new media could do for with six hundred fifty thousand. We wouldn't buy. We would not be buying Slurpees and, and throwing them at the police horses. Yeah. All right. I'm just. I'm, I'm not Governor, in a good mood right now. Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker was on Fox and Friends this morning. And he made comments accusing Clinton, Hillary Clinton, of making the Milwaukee situation worse. As we see the uh, the unrest uh, continue to, I don't want to say increase, but um, the violence uh, has increased since the shooting of a 23-year-old armed suspect during. Hey, wait, wait, he was a good stop. kid. Now stop it. He was a good kid. I didn't say he wasn't. I said he was. He was, he, he was. he was. just a joy to be around. He was respectful. Now, don't worry I didn't about know the you tech knew. Nine. Well, no, that's what. That's what. That's what all the people. He was respected in the community. That's what. Uh, so some of the people in, in the knew him said. So. Yeah, and the um, what's come out of. Uh, pertaining to George Soros and the Open Society is not just funding of Black Lives Matter, it's also um, creating a new normal, he says, with the refugee crisis, meaning new opportunities for Soros organizations to influence immigration policies on a global scale. And uh, there has been the release of, of memos and emails, one from the 12th of May, titled Migration Governance and Enforcement Portfolio Review, and it calls on a program which aims to influence immigration policy, not only in Europe, but here in the U.S., saying Europe's refugee crisis presents new opportunities for the organization to influence global immigration policy, and the refugee crisis is the new normal. And many are claiming that the Open Society Foundations has been successful in influencing global 
immigration policy. Yeah. Not just in the United States, but globally. Well, this is all a part of a bigger picture. And we're, tonight we're going to be talking, or this broadcast we're going to be talking about how, um, uh, you know, where, how, what's going to happen here? Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch, the uh, Clinton, where she fit into all of this? Because now, when I was, Alshon was saying that, that, that she cannot, be in motorcades because of the, in other words, well, they, they can't have motorcycle police officers and, and, and I, I don't have the same sources he's got. I'm just saying what he, what he said. Um, when you're in a motorcade, you are subjected to the flashing red and blue lights of the emergency vehicles, the escort vehicles. Well, he, he said that they're not doing that because of the lights or the, I'm not sure if he said the lights, but it, 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 to me it was suggested the lights as well as the, the ride itself. And I would suspect it would have to be the lights are causing her trouble. Now, I, I, folks, I don't know if that's true or not. This is what his sources are saying to him. But is something well, going to happen with her? That lines up with things we've seen from the... Ah, the balloons. The balloon drop at the at the Democratic National Convention, where she kind of her eyes popped out of her head, and uh, even to uh, a video clip I saw today from a few days ago when Joe Biden and Hillary were in Scranton visiting Joe Biden's childhood home, where a reporter snapped a a photograph, and you can see her kind of be taken aback by the flash of the photograph. And yesterday there was an article on Drudge from the Gateway Pundit claiming that Hillary is exhausted taking weekends off I'm too. and getting a Can we have weekends media off? cover-up. I think we do have weekends off. No, you do. I don't. <laughs> yeah. But um, by reviewing the activities of the presidential candidates, Trump and Clinton, uh, a new phenomenon has appeared, according to the Gateway Pundit. While Trump continues to smash Clinton in attendance events, Hillary appears to have decided to take weekends off, and they go through the schedule, and it shows just from the month of August, yeah, Clinton has taken the weekend, the 6th and the 7th off, uh, three days off this past weekend, the 12th through the 14th. When was the last time she had a press conference? 270 days, roughly. Yep. And so, in uh, total, um, Clinton has taken seven days off in August out of the first 14 days, and is scheduled to continue with this approach through at least this coming Saturday. Now, on uh, the opposite side, Trump has only taken two days off, August 7th of Sunday and August 14th of Sunday, and he's going to multiple cities each day giving campaign speeches uh, in more than one city. And if you look at the attendance record, this is something else that has come out from the Gateway Pundit. It shows that the number of Trump supporters at Trump events show more than, since August 1st, more than 100,000 people have shown up for Trump events since the beginning of August. On the other hand, Hillary not even getting one-tenth or even 10,000 to show up at her events since the 1st of, course of August. I mean, but Hillary already won the president presidential yeah, election, it, it, according it, it, to NBC's Electoral right. College. Uh, not, no, it's not even Labor Day, and, and, the, and the race has already been called in favor of Hillary, so let's just pack up and go. Roger Stone was right on this. Um he appeared yesterday, I think it was, on the fours with Gary Haven and, and Alex, or the, I don't know when it was, but, um, and Gary Haven's been on our program 
talking about we're talking about this movie and Marageddon, but talking about other things as well. Right, we got to have him back, uh, Gary Haven. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's called it's already called for Hillary in the, the uh, yeah. They say even if Trump wins the uh, states that are up for grabs, he still can't beat Hillary Clinton in no. the electoral votes. This is from NBC right. polls. Right. So everyone can go, just go home. Yeah. It's over. I mean, you know. But no, see, I, I don't believe that. And I believe that we're in for an October surprise. I, I really think that there's an October surprise coming, and I think it involves the Clintons and, and obviously the Obamas. And, you know, George Soros has got his arm so far up the roto rooted backside of Obama and Clinton. You were worried about what I was going to say there, weren't you? That, you know, you can't even see his mouth move or Soros, you know, his hands move his mouth. But you've got, and it's not just Soros. It's 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 everyone connected with him. And people say, well, you know, I'm so, so so tired of hearing about George Soros. Uh, you got to understand who he is. Well, I mean, this guy, this guy's the worst of the worst, in my view, in my opinion. That okay, attorneys, ruling, good, thank you. Um, yeah, it, it's just uh, it's it's just incredible that that these people are, um, and and things have changed a lot in the last folks. Stop that. Stop that. Yeah. Okay. No hugs no hugs in this uh, studio here. Anyway, uh, folks, uh, uh, let's see, it made me lose my place. You were talking about Soros. And- well, you know, it's, it, okay, so who's behind Soros and who's around Soros? And the people who are behind Soros and around Soros are obviously uh, the, the the families, the nameless families who are who've got all of the money, all of the power. Money obviously buys power. Uh, it's not just George Soros. It's not just George Soros's son, who, by the way, met with uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's his face, uh, Tim Kaine. To er, did I say that right? Did I say that right? Say it again. George Soros, the son, met with. Tim, yeah, I heard. I read Tim this Kane. yesterday. Tim Kaine, or um, a very close family member or friend of Tim Kaine. No, I think it no, was it wasn't Tim Kaine. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I, I, I see. See what they made me do. No, I do. When people say that, I laugh. See what they made me do. When you're giving power over other people to make you do things, right? Anyway. um... So all of this together, but it's it's more than that. It's it's uh, uh, we are we are really right now. And again, off off air is talking a little bit today um, during my interview that we are seeing the last gasp. I think of the new world order. They are they're they're playing. Off. This is for all the marbles. <clears throat> the main obstacle. To a stable and just world, or just world order, is the United States. That, according to George Soros, the left-wing globalists are uniting with the right-wing neocons. When I say neocons, I'm referring to the war mongers, and uh, they, they've established this uh, this club of the elite, answerable only to the Committee of Three Hundred, and, and places like the Trilateral Commission and uh, 
uh, entities like the Trilateral Commission, the CFR, and such. But um, and don't forget, Soros said his happiest days were spent with his father, basically routing out other Jews to the Nazis. And remember, yeah. you, you you've made that. Uh, statement many times and and another piece of information we can talk about with soros is um in other hacked emails show or reveal plans to fight israel's racist policies in his own words that is from the jerusalem post uh yesterday um as the emails that were hacked by uh or the emails that were hacked and attributed to soros are still continued to be um People are going through them and, and releasing the information as they find it. So I, I think we're far from over from yeah. uh, seeing what he has had to say and what his the extent of his influence uh, has been. I mean, you talk about never let a good crisis go to waste. The, the playbook and that mentality. I mean, this guy's all over it with every seemingly every issue that matters uh, in the news cycle. From the immigration crisis to Israel to Black Lives Matter, right. he's throwing cash left and right, and and he is uh, swaying foreign policy and those who are elected officials to his way of thinking and his policies and what he wants to see carried out and the agenda that they have put in place. They want to see that continue, and they're working hard to make sure it does. Before we uh, go to the break, I, I want to acknowledge an email by Tanya. Thank you, Tanya, who said that uh, from someone who should know Dr. Michael Lake's wife, Mary Lou, and we have to have Mary Lou on the program as well. She's an SRA DID survivor. She believes that Hillary Clinton's programming is breaking down. I think of the Twilight Zone episode. Uh, several Twilight episodes could could apply here. The accounts, this that accounts for her health problems and symptoms. Very interesting. That from Tanya. Thank you so much, Tanya. Appreciate that. You're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report on this very intense broadcast. Friday, Jim Mars. Got a great lineup next week as well. Stay right where you're at and right back. Hagman Report, Doug Hagman, Joe Hagman, something I like to call America's Premier Father, Son, Investigative Reporting Team. Portions of tonight's broadcast brought to you by American Survival Wholesale. It's americansurvivalwholesale.com. americansurvivalwholesale.com. You can go there for all of your, your survival needs. Survival, long-term survival food. There it is. There it is. Thrive brand. Long-term survival food. If you don't have it now, you better get it. That's all I'm going to say, you know. <laughs> if you don't have it now, if you're listening to this broadcast and you're thinking, well, I don't need survival food, no. Okay. Good luck with that. Or even better yet, I'll take it from my neighbor. Good luck with that, too. I got some words for the, for you. If that's you, if you're in that camp, I've, I've got some very strong words for you. 
Anyway. But, um, you know, it's the Washington Times reported yesterday, or today, this morning, I believe, that uh, our troops had let ISIS fighters flee northern Syria. Many ISIS fighters flee northern Syria. Why? Because, well, the rules of engagement with Obama... Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna kill them because we don't want to hurt any innocents, <laughs> except okay. with their drone policy. Uh, well, yeah, um, where more civilians are being killed in Syria than fighters, from what's being reported from several international news outlets. Yeah, you know, prompting China to launch the humanitarian aid. Uh, that's their stated reason. One of their stated reasons. Well. Along with Russia, you've got Hillary Diane Rodham, the witch, the act Clinton um, funneling money, or as as her as in, in her position with the State Department, creating, facilitating, funding, arming, training ISIS at the behest of Barry Satoro, Barack Hussein Obama, and of course Hillary's. Body double Carlos's danger. Carlos dangers squeeze Huma Abedin. Have you noticed, by the way, that all of the all of the top officials in our government are Muslim? Does that bother anyone, or are we okay with that? You know, I, I will contend that that America does not have a problem with intolerance. We're the most tolerant, or yeah, it doesn't have it does not have a problem with intolerance. We're the most tolerant nation to a fault. We have a problem with tolerance. We tolerate seditious activity. We tolerate lawlessness. We tolerate all of this in the name of, well, we'll just in the name of let's just get along with everyone else. And I think to me it's shameful. Um, it's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment to 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 us as a body of Christians. It's an embarrassment to us as a conservative social conservatives. It's an embarrassment to us in every moral and spiritual way. Um. But again, you're, you're looking at, at ISIS also establishing, and, and this has come out. We've reported on this before, and I briefly mentioned this during my interview this afternoon, Joe. The ISIS camp across the border of Mexico. Look, ten years ago, we talked about Islamic terrorism, terrorists coming across the border, being funneled across the border of Mexico by, um, by MS-13 and by other various subgroups of the Mexican drug cartels. And we, we reported on this. They were finding patches down there. Uh, they were finding military camps and, and yeah, everything. And, and they were finding Qurans down there. And, 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 and people would say, oh, you're just, in fact, people on our side, on, on the, on the conservative side said, you're just making that up. You really don't have any sources down at the southern border saying that, that you found, or that, that, not us, but evidence of Islamic, other than Mexican and Islamic terrorists were coming across the border. You, you don't have any of that. Some of the, the very, some of the very same conservative, um, entities right now who are joining our, our cause and jumping on our bandwagon had said, no, you, you, you're lying. You don't have, you, you can't prove any of that. Okay. We we told you this was going on 10 years ago. And and now it makes big news. Oh, my goodness, there's an ISIS camp across the border from Texas down there in in Mexico. Really? Welcome to the party. 
that's been going on for a long time. ISIS has really since it's, since it's since it's before it evolved into ISIS, and while the ideology was still adherent to the Al Qaeda, the ideological uh, ideological uh, uh, mindset, allowing many to come across the border in streams, and not settling in southern towns only, but coming up into the north, Twin Cities. Of course, you've got the, into Wisconsin, into Pennsylvania, New York, Ohio, into the throughout the Midwest, into the Pacific Northwest. But 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 no no. Certain conservatives, investigative so-called investigative journalists said, "Oh, you, you can't prove that, so you can't really say that." Okay, we we have people willing to risk their their careers, well, to the extent of being anonymous sources saying, "This is what was found down there. We were in this position to find it," meaning the evidence of of incursion into the United States by terrorists, and of course. No one believed us. We were making it up. We were listening to the voices in our head. And, and you know, Joe, this is not fear talk. I mean, when, you know, and it, it just gets my, it really chaps my lips when people talk about this being fear porn and, and you know, fear talk. There's nothing fearful about it. It's realism. If you want to, if you want to learn how nice everything is and, you know, how well the daisies are blooming, go, go watch PBS or something. Seriously, turn us off. Go watch PBS. They'll be a lot happier. Anyway, going back to developing, a, developing an attitude here. Going back to Milwaukee, I found this uh, interesting and appropriate for the the title of the show tonight with the um, unrest and the media manipulation, which the media manipulation is continuing to be shown. Uh, especially CNN and Fox, um, CNN selectively edit out the sister of um, the, what's his name, Slyville? Um, His sister, the guy who was shot in Milwaukee, they selectively edit out threats to burn down the suburbs. Uh, On Saturday, Slyville Smith's sister urged Milwaukee rioters to burn down the suburbs now, what was being reported on CNN is that she uh, urged people she's, that she called for peace. Uh, CNN described the sister Smith as calling for peace. They conveniently left out the rest of her message, calling for protesters to burn down the suburbs. Yeah, don't touch the weaves. Don't bring that violence Don't touch here. the weaves. We need the weaves. Go take it to the suburbs. Yeah, on CNN, under the subhead, residents try to heal. The article read... Smith's sister committed uh, condoned the violence, saying that the community needs the businesses affected. Don't bring that violence here, oh, his man. other sister said while take sobbing. The but what they left out was <clears throat> take it to the suburbs, burn you know, burn uh, it, bur- burn the suburbs, and and that that's exactly what they want to do. See, we don't uh, look. Isn't again the six hundred and fifty thousand dollars from Soros, the Open Society Institute? When are these people going to understand that they are being played? This is all a big game, and and I don't want to go on a rant. I'm going to stop right now because Eric will yell at me and make me cry. So uh, this they're all they're pawns. And God bless you. They're pawns in this globalist game of. Uh, I got, I'm popping my peas and 
Yeah, they're 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 pawn, they're pawns in this globalist game. So yeah, but but they're send, these are their 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 marching orders. Go out, take it to the suburbs, burn down Whitey's store, burn down the Whitey's house, drag Whitey from the car. And if this is offensive to any of our black listeners, I I don't believe it is. It's just what they're saying, but they're repeating what they're told to say. And and you and there was some really some idiot young kid being interviewed by the by the by the news and i think they have since mm-hmm. expunged this well we're writing because they have well, they're not giving us no, no, none of their the money rich people are not yeah they they ain't sure <sighs> okay all right well you can see how poverty adds to the the unrest in the situation in milwaukee people take advantage of uh, i mean just in the in our recent past here, you can see how people take advantage of the situations of violence between cops to loot grocery stores and and to go out and cause trouble, as they think they won't get in trouble for doing so. Um, well, when chaos breaks out, it seems that people will take advantage of that in any way yeah. possible, including George Soros, two protesters and rioters on the ground in Milwaukee and in other cities that we've seen. And Trump will be in Milwaukee today, uh, days after the city was hit by unrest over the fatal police shootings. Trump, who has been vocal in support of law enforcement during the spat of protest around the county or around the country over high profile shootings, told Fox News that he plans to address the unrest during a town hall meeting on Tuesday in the Wisconsin city. It's law and order. We have to obey the laws or we don't have a country, said Trump. We have a case where good people are out there trying to get people to calm down, and they're not calming down. And we have our police who are doing a phenomenal job. I I, I would hate to be a cop, and I, I thank God that I, I didn't pass a physical uh, eyesight test when I could have been a, a cop. This is when the rules were much more stringent. You had to be a certain height, certain weight, you, you know, and your eyesight had to be uncorrected at certain vision and I tried to memorize the eye chart and I got found out you know this is back in late 70s early 80s and uh, but I I couldn't imagine being a police officer right now getting paid as a a social servant for so little and having to deal with so much now that's not to say there are bad apples within the group of course there are there's bad apples within any organization um, except ours, or the exception, but, um, yeah, but, but no, it's seriously, um, the, the war, war has been declared on police officers. And this is not, see, this isn't just a war against the police. This is the manifestation, in my view, of the Saul Alinsky rules for radicals, how to, how to just destroy Everything, how to destroy society. And, folks, uh, this leads me into one more thing, or one additional thing, and I think what we're seeing here, once Obama became president in 2008, think back to 2008, and, and again, this is, to me, this is so important, because if we understand how this came about, Obama's ascendancy, his rise to power, 
from 2004 when he spoke at the Democratic Convention. And then suddenly, as a junior senator, he's elevated to, he's ascended to the Oval Office. And at that time, or previous to that time, of course, we in the independent new media were saying he does, he's not constitutionally qualified. We were raising questions about his allegiance. We were raising questions about his, his faith, his allegiance, or we were challenging his, um, his uh, claims of being a Christian. We knew his policies, but we were going after him with a full-scale uh, overt attack, shall we say. When I say attack, I'm talking about exposure back in 2008. And we were told by very, some very powerful conservatives to shut up and sit down. Don't distract from talking about the issues. You shut up and you sit down, and, and none of this birther talk, because you're making us look bad. Okay. By some of the very people you listen to today. Well, so that that's how we got Obama in office, in part. And then, of course, we Obama had to be in, in, installed in office for this very time in order to open the doors of refugees, Islamic refugees. And he had to be in office. And folks, listen to me very carefully, because I believe this. He had to be in office for this very specific time in history because it was post-war Iraq, Afghanistan, or mid-war, I, depending on what what you might call war whether it's a maintenance factor or not. <clears throat> so he had to be in this position. It couldn't be Hillary at this time, only because Obama had that Islamic component built into his background. He understood this. So he brought in all the, these Muslims into, into the White House, into DHS, into all Head of, of these. the CIA, yeah. number two yeah. at DHS. Yes. And the list, I mean, it's a long list. So, so now here we are in 2016, eight years later. What are we facing? Are we facing anything new? No, we're facing a, a third term of Obama. We're facing eight more years of Obama. Not four, but eight more years of Obama. Whether it's in the personage of Obama or not, it doesn't have to be. It can be his, the ideology that's behind him can be carried forth by whoever that person might be. And that person right now, at this moment, appears to be Hillary Diana Rodham, the witch, the, the Yak Clinton that's right because she was her she was his puppet stooge in in the state and foggy bottom during the um arab spring takedown of uh libya as well and the funneling of isis the the attempted at takedown of syria that's how this all fits together so we are fighting today this election, whether you, you, you want to believe it or not, and, and those people who run away from talking about whether it's going to be Trump or Clinton at this point, and again, at this point, it's Trump or Clinton. Those are our choices. Now, you might say, well, we've got Joe Stein and Gary Johnson. and uh, Okay, do you really, if you know the rules, is that really your position? So you're going to have to pick one of the two. So you're going to pick Clinton or you're going to pick Trump. And, and I'm not so sure that those, I'm not so sure that Clinton and Trump are going to be, okay, mark this down right now, this time and date. Mark this time and date down. I'm not so sure the individuals that we see on the Democratic and national, Democratic and, and Republican uh, national tickets are going to be the, 
the same that we're going to see in November. That's right. I'm also wondering if we're going to see a crisis of some kind that, as, as weird as this might sound, perhaps cause a problem with the elections. I don't know what that would be. But at any rate, the globalists are, are pushing forth to, to push the globalist Obama Muslim, pro-Muslim objectives globally. Restore the new world order through the old world, or restore the old world order through a new world order, and that's what the plans are. We're seeing it take place here in, in this country through our elections. We're seeing it take place through our foreign policy. We're seeing it take place through our, uh, we're seeing it take place over in Europe as well through the uh, fight against Brexit, through the Muslim invasion of Europe, the takedown of Europe. You know, that's another thing too. We talk about the Muslim invasion, the alien invasion. There's, America took in more Muslims, more Syrian Muslims than Europe did. 8,000 to 6,000 roughly. But we know it's exponentially more than, many times more than that. But what we see happening on on a global basis, the the microcosm here is in the United States, Joe. It really is so. Um, But, but you know, one thing, and and our good friend Larry brought this up. Thank you for this. Quail Trail. Do we have a Quail Trail promo or a a segue? All right. It's all right. One of these days, uh, don't worry about it. One of these days we're going to have a Quail Trail. We we have it made up. We just don't have it in the uh, input here. Well, one thing that Steve Quayle's reporting on, and don't forget, folks, he's going to be at, at Jim Baker's um, the revival, 19th, 20th, 21st of August, 2016. That's going to be Steve Quayle, Gary Haven, Pastor Langford, and Russ Dizdar. Um, but don't forget the flooding of the people in the south, Louisiana. Why? Why aren't people talking about this? What, the flooding? Yeah. I mean... It's historic flooding. Yeah. Why isn't there coverage of this historic flooding and and the thousands upon thousands of people who are homeless, displaced by the flooding? Eight dead, 30,000 rescued amid thousand-year rain, they're saying, as portions of southwest Louisiana continue to deal with the fallout of a thousand-year rain that has claimed at least eight lives. Twelve parishes are now eligible for federal aid. As state police say, about 30,000 people have been rescued from the floodwaters. Law enforcement and the National Guard have rescued 30,000 people amid flooding triggered by a record two-day rainfall that ended early Saturday morning. The state police uh, reported Tuesday the low-pressure weather pattern dropped as much as two feet of rain in areas from East Baton Rouge to Livingston, and you know, Louisiana has been just getting pounded. Yeah, they, uh, on Tuesday, with high temperatures approaching 100 degrees today, and throughout this week, they're looking at rain anywhere from 15 to 50% scattered throughout the week. Oh, hey, put, put up a, you know what, I just thought of something here. Um, the studio got a call over the weekend. We are wanted by the IRS. Uh, there, there's going to be a warrant for our arrest. 
Did you know that? No. <clears throat> we I, I got to get that piece What'd of paper and the, and the bat phone. What did you? No, do? it's the IRS scam thing, and and uh, they left the phone number. Yeah, I I got to I have to. It's in my office. It's on a little orange piece of paper. Um, post it now. You know what? Maybe I don't have a bat phone. I do. Oh, you have the bat phone. All right. Hang on, folks. We're 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 gonna do this. We're we're gonna one of these days we're gonna be effective in uh, in outing these scammers at the. Uh, well, you find that. Number. It, listen, you know what, Eric? Listen, listen to these uh, on the file cabinet too. I don't know. Go ahead. Statistics uh, in the Livingston <laughs> Parish of Louisiana, home of around 138 people, 138,000 people. Authorities said about 75 percent of the homes have been destroyed by flooding. Uh-huh. That's in one parish alone. Yeah. And the Department of Health uh, in Louisiana has confirmed an increase in the death toll from rain. And ensuing flooding to eight, four of those deaths occurred in East Baton Rouge Parish. More than 8,000 people spent the night in a shelter, according to the governor. He said today, nobody is going to be forgotten, and we're going to be working around the clock and doing everything possible to render aid. Now, last week I had a number of articles about the storm system. That's, that was uh, it was just power right? yeah. Well, it looked like a they wouldn't even classify it as a tropical storm or tropical depression, which it obviously turned into one, as it sat still over Louisiana. You could see the big rotation, right? And uh, I had to restart my computer before the show. I don't have the, my PowerPoint up, but yeah, it was just sitting there for. Uh, there was a loop that was forty eight hours. Are, you know, are we, are we seeing weather modification? I, I I suspect we are. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I because I, I moved it I think for the interview and, and I had papers flying everywhere. But uh, so we're, I do believe we're seeing weather modification. But in this case, you'd have you'd have to. Add, and for those who say, well, it's it is weather modification. So for those of you in this case, I, I would ask, what did the people of Louisiana do do to the guys? You know, the people who are manipulating the weather, or is this just a merely unintended consequence of another? Part of weather modification, and you know this. Whoops! Well, this, you know, this kind of, I don't know. This is just an unintended consequence. That, that, but if it, if if, the, if they were manipulating the weather, couldn't they manipulate this system out of existence? You would think. So, um, and there was I some mean, reports of some geoengineering watch. I don't know if it pertained to Louisiana, but it talked about. You know, so many people will laugh and, and say anybody who believes in chemtrails is crazy or a conspiracy theorist. But all you have to do is search for um, the congressional hearings. You can look for the documents. Uh, just search geoengineering or government right. geoengineering. They openly admit to programs that that participate in cloud seeding. Yes. And but 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 again, are there are they're not. Why Louisiana? Why the parish is affected? If they are not doing this, and if they have the ability to modify weather, why don't they fix this? That's my question. If if all of this is true, and, and I believe it to be true, where they can modify weather, and they're not doing this, don't they have the ability to fix this? Just asking. Or, or they have something against, you know, Baton Rouge. But, but, but look, either way, pray for the people in the South. There are, there are tens of thousands of people who have lost their homes, who have 
the flooding has just been historic, as Joe, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. Yeah, they're calling and it the thousand-year rain. We have a lot of listeners down there, a lot of mm-hmm. listeners in Louisiana, in um, New Orleans and, and Baton Rouge and, and, and down around the Gulf Coast. Our, our hearts and prayers are with you, as a matter of fact. Uh, I, but we wanted to mention this and check with Steve Quayle, stevequayle.com, his alerts. Watch those alerts. It's very important to do so, to keep up with the people who are suffering with, with the, uh, with the flooding down there in the Gulf Coast. Friends, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Doug Hagman, Joe Hagman. Something I like to call America's Premier Father, Son, Investigative Reporting Team. Joe was on with Dave Hodges on Sunday. Common Sense Show. You can download that uh, off a of Global Star Radio Network, commonsenseshow.com. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yeah, you did a good job there, and and I was on with Alex Jones today. We had a great time, and Alex is going to come on our program. He said, "I just I'm, we're going to get him on our show, even if I have to go down to Austin and twist his arm, but we're going to get him on." And uh, of course, I saw Gary Haven from yesterday, I think it was, and we're going to get him back on as well. And because uh, he's always a crowd pleaser, and folks, uh, mm-hmm. uh, don't forget now, Steve Quayle. Gary Haven, Pastor Langford, Pastor Langford and Russ are at Jim Baker, The Revival. Go to HagmanHagman.com. Click on the Revival banner and get the information register. Have a great time there. Going to be right back. Stay right where you're at. issues are being helped along by George Soros as the email leaks continue to give us insight into what has been driving our immigration and domestic policies here in the U.S. And it's no surprise that one name that pops up is George Soros from $650,000 in support to Black Lives Matter to loading Europe and America with immigrants through a refugee crisis. And something we talked about in earlier shows today, you can find on the New American, Germany's secret night refugee flights. Is Merkel lying again? (laughs) German (laughs) Chancellor Angela Merkel's government has been flying massive numbers of Muslim refugees into German airports and military bases on secret night flights. Yes. That is the charge in a sensational story by German writer last week in the German publication, uh, in German newspaper. The spokesman for the German government has been denying these stories, stating they're completely false. However, Chancellor Merkel's credibility on this issue is almost non-existent, as she has been caught repeatedly lying, covering up, and deceiving the public on migration and refugee matters. That's right. And and these people, see, it's the balkanization of the the countries. As Michael Savage says, borders, language, and culture, three elements that, that define a nation. And uh, 
we are being assaulted here by the same thing. Obama has an objective to bring in as many Muslims as possible. What did you just say? Three thirty-eight hundred, roughly thirty-eight hundred uh, from Syria were brought in uh, mid-year. Twenty-three were Christian, or just yeah, an incredibly it was small a, number were Christian. Like three thousand. Yeah, uh, was, we'll say seven hundred and twenty-six, and out of those twenty-three were Christian. Yeah, and. Uh, so, so this is what's taking place, not just in Europe, but here in the United States. This is Obama's America. This is why we fought so hard to expose Obama back in 2007 when you had the establishment Republicans kick back and say, oh, no, 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 no. You can't do this. You've got to, you've got to really, you know, you got to stick to the issues. We can't, you can't be viewed as crazy or kooky or conspiracy nuts. And, and you know, a lot of people buckled under that pressure. Where's the Tea Party right now? The Tea Party is non-existent. It is functioning only as a shell, a corporate shell. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, understand that. Now, folks, we care about our audience, and and this we're doing this as a public service to you. Now, this is not none of this has been rehearsed. We got a call over the weekend. I, I couldn't find my note with the, with the phone number on it, but we had a couple of people that sent us numbers before, and one number that had two that we got twice. It's a six four six number. Um, so in our effort to protect you, our audience, from scammers, because, see, we got one of these calls here at the studio over the weekend saying that if we didn't call this number, and they gave us a number, if we didn't call this number, that we were going to jail, possibly. There was a warrant going to be out for our, you know, for our arrest. from, the, And they identified themselves as, an IRS, as Treasury agents, agents of the U.S. Treasury. So we'll go off to the bat phone. We're going to call the number for the that they left this now this is not the one that came to the studio this is one that someone sent to us <laughs> gosh i hope this is on the level <laughs> if i get somebody's grandmother i'm gonna be upset but anyway uh, uh, we're, we're gonna call the agents of the u.s treasury at the number supplied here because we want to be protective of you now yeah we did clear this through our attorneys so those people who are just foaming at the mouth ready to sue us don't worry God, we got it. They, they just hang loose. So, let's do this. All right. And the number is, and I'm going to publicly state it over the air, 646-367-1947. I did not call this beforehand. Mm. Let's see what we get here. We're sorry. Your call cannot be completed as dialed. All right. Well, the Treasury Department, again, must be having trouble paying their bills. Again, I'll have to find that little orange note that I have in my office. Uh, so what happens when you call the number back you're supposed to call and well, I, you get that? Well, that. I mean, okay, are you still? That's an old number. See, is that, Are you still going to be uh, held accountable? Probably. Um Unless you give your credit card over the phone, which I'm sure you know we'll get to at some point, but we're gonna we're gonna get to this uh, at some point because I, we we do at one of these days. One of these days, we are going to find we're gonna have somebody answer that phone. We're gonna be able to get through and have somebody answer that phone and expose these people for what they are. And and, and I'll say this, okay? Um, these people have built American consumers. Out of I think twenty six, twenty eight million dollars in fiscal year twenty sixteen, or I'm sorry, in calendar year 2016, 2015. Excuse me on that, twenty fifteen. So if you think, oh, you'd have to be a real fool to fall for this stuff, well, they'll threaten with jail, and you know the you numbers know. speak for themselves. So, 
what what do you uh what's your take on the Pew Research Center? Pew. Well, I, I, I they got a report there. It says nearly half of refugees entering the U.S. this year are Muslim, and it goes through some what statistics. Mean nearly half. Yeah, no, no. no. If you yeah, got to read legally it, or illegally. I mean, because you got to really. The U.S. has received 28,957 Muslim refugees. This, uh, so far, the fiscal year 2016, nearly 46% of those or more um, are Muslims. Well, okay. I'm sure those are the ones that are. This is using data from the State Department's refugee process. Oh, the refugees. Okay. So. So that means this year the U.S. has admitted the highest number of Muslim refugees of any year since 2002. They said Christians are the second largest group of refugees in the U.S. So far this year, 27,556 Christian refugees have entered the country, nearly as many as the number of Muslim refugees. Well, why should we believe the State Department, who's supplying the figures to the Pew Research Center? Why should we believe the State Department, uh, the the same State Department who's covered for Hillary, Diane Rodham, the the Act Clinton? Why? We shouldn't. No. We can't. No, this is a new article that just was posted, so... Uh, going through the numbers, and we've seen the, I mean, how it's like the job numbers, you know, they can try to report um, that, you know, the unemployment rate is down to 5% or whatever when we know it's at almost historic highs, just like uh, the president says he cuts the national debt in half when the debt's never been higher in any time in history, on the brink of $20 trillion. Um, it is just all lies and manipulation and the twisting of facts. So, but if we look at the, uh, back to the, the refugee invasion in Germany, where the Merkel uh, and her, uh, government has become notorious for deception, and it goes on to state in this article is the major reason why polls show the once popular Merkel is now widely, uh, reviled not only in Germany, but throughout Europe, and they give, examples of her uh, her deception and one is the refugee invasion as a prelude to the 2015 refugee disaster the German people were told that a total number of refugees would be around a hundred thousand that total was revised to 250,000 350,000 and by August of 2015 officials bumped it up to 750,000 and by the end of that year it was almost between 1 million and 1.5 million. And the government was forced to admit that over 130,000 refugees slipped away and are now unaccounted for in Germany. The crime cover-up of the refugees. Under Merkel, German police authorities and the German media have engaged in a massive campaign of self-censorship and news suppression to hide the fact of the huge level of violent crime increasing, as well as sexual crimes committed by Muslim Immigrants. The collusion was forced to open with the infamous mass rape slash sexual assault wave uh, well, Germany on the New Year's Eve of 2016, and then it lists uh, a few others: the bear exit sabotage, the EU super state, uh, in an effort to defeat the bear exit referendum, um, was spearheaded by Merkel, intended to turn the EU into a. Well, these are globalists, and, and we've talked about this. State. These are yeah. globalists. These are people who want to destroy the fabric of, and culture of the country, of Germany. And, and the, the biggest of this is Angela Merkel, Angela Merkel, however you want to pronounce her first name. But I believe that she is the illegitimate, and, and you, you might laugh when I say this, but I believe that she is the illegitimate offspring of Adolf Hitler. 
Yeah, well, you laugh, but I can hear you just belly laughing there. But but if you think about it, um, and if you do some research on it, that's not too far off, I don't believe. It's not too far off the mark. Um, but there is a method to this. Now, okay, so what Merkel is doing to the EU, uh, you've got Obama and, and company doing to the United States. Right, but, and just to close out on Merkel, sure. they're, they're, uh, this reporter is calling the... Uh, the rush hour for refugees as airplanes from Turkey and Greece land almost every minute during the middle night hours uh, bringing in uh, Muslims from uh, different parts of Turkey and Greece and they right. say that uh, Angela Merkel is denying that this is uh, this is the relocation true, program yeah and um, they say no wonder tourism is down and destroyed due to many terrorist attacks uh, at night, however, there are no fewer than 11 flights that bring in Muslim refugees under the cover of darkness. Right. Well, and if we look and see what's, what's happening, happening there, here, I'm sure it's happening here on some levels. Well, okay, which brings me to, again, Clinton and her campaign announced this past week that they would be recruiting so-called dreamers, undocumented immigrants who were brought to this country as children to help out with the campaign. <clears throat> now, since dreamers, and, and this, the Christian Science Monitor talked about this, but, but think about this, because you talk about something diabolical. This to me is a diabolical, uh, way of handling this, the Hillary Diane Rodham, the witch, the Act Clinton is doing what she's doing here. Um, dreamers, they're not allowed to vote, but, and where does the name dreamer come from? What does that stand for? It comes from the so-called Dream Act, which is a legislative initiative that was re- my goodness, how many times was it introduced in various forms since it was first proposed back in 2001? It went through numerous iterations. But DREAM stands for, get this now, Development, Relief, and Education for Alien Minors. That's the DREAM Act. Development, Relief, and Education for Alien Minors. With And each version, each iteration of this legislation that was introduced had changed in its in details all versions of the act would provide however this rapid path to citizenship for undocumented immigrants brought to the country as children as long as certain qualifications were met now are met now the dream act failed to pass congress many 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 times but the dreamers have become increasingly important in american politics especially to the likes of the yak or the the Okay, Clinton. To what? Three years. Twenty twelve. Obama announced the Deferred Action for Child Childhood Arrivals. DACA. D A C A. Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Now, you're going to know these acronyms. It would be it would be well to to scratch out some notes, not from our program, but but know what these acronyms stand for. Know what these names stand for. Now the. The Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, what this did, it temporarily, temporarily stayed, it halted the, uh, the, uh, uh, deportation of undocumented immigrants who arrived in the United States as, as children. The DACA policy was largely the result of advocacy from dreamers themselves after federal dream legislation failed to gain traction. So you have this movement building within the United States by people who don't even belong in the United States that are here illegally, now 
being conscripted by the Hillary Clinton campaign. But even before that, as of March of last year, there were 600, about 665,000 individuals who had been granted two-year work permits and exemption from deportation. That's a nice number, 665,000 illegals in this country granting uh, two-year work permits and, and promises uh, exemption from deportation. Meanwhile, the American population, indigenous to America, and don't give me the don't don't even start. You say indigenous to America. Well, we're all immigrants. Okay, d- d- don't go there because you're going to lose that argument. But now you have 665,000 individuals in the workplace, and attempts by Obama to even expand this further in 2014 were blocked in federal court by 26 states. Who filed to stop that. You might remember that back last year. <clears throat> Uh, Hillary's campaign, what she is doing and what she wants to do, she wants to tap into the DREAM Act, uh, or the, she wants to tap into DREAMers, I should say, in her campaign against Trump. And the Democratic nominee, the YAC, seeks to empower DREAMers to organize and engage their communities. They can't vote, but they can organize, they can engage, and secure commitments to vote for their future in November. This according to the Clinton campaign today and throughout this past week or so. The program in English is called My Dream, Your Vote. I'm not going to give you the Spanish version because I am not a Spanish or I'm not from Mexico or any other Spanish-speaking country. This is America. I'm going to give it to you in English. My Dream, Your Vote. That's what the initiative is called. And, and the, the, the aim is to get dreamers to encourage others to register to vote for the, the YAC, for Hillary Rodham, the YAC, the witch Clinton, on the basis of her immigration policy. So you see that the, the, the functional genius, evil genius of this? Well, look, you're in this country, you can't really vote, but here's what you can do to help us. Because I'm, when I get in office, I'm gonna make sure you are uh, a member, member, member of our society. I'm going to ask you to, to help me help others register to vote. Yeah, this, this is all good. Um, the, the program launch coincide, uh, coincides with the four year, year anniversary of the implementation of DACA, which Clinton said she was going to extend in addition to expanding the rights of undocumented immigrant, uh, immigrants and immigration. Think about this. Oh, and, and, she 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 says oh, dreamers they played a great big role oh, man in uh, uh, a very crucial role in our campaign advocating for families who constantly live in fear of deportation you tell me one family who lives in fear of deportation seriously is is there are, are there any families out there that that call us call us up if you're living in fear of deportation I don't know any families that are living. I don't. I don't know. So, the the Clinton campaign and their evil genius is actually doing this. And they now Trump, on the other hand, he promised to build a wall between the U.S. and the Mexican border on the U.S.-Mexican border and deport all 11 million people living in this country illegally. Look, I volunteered to drive the bus. One of the buses. I know Eric will drive one. Joe will drive one. How about you? <clears throat> Switching gears here, got some uh, interesting stories. There is a Obama is speeding up transfers of Guantanamo 
yeah. detainees being yeah. released as 15 um, Guantanamo detainees are uh, going to be released to the United Arab Emirates, one of the um, biggest release of detainees since Obama has taken office. And the administration is facing renewed accusations from lawmakers of putting national security at risk following the release of 15 more Guantanamo detainees, including former Osama bin Laden bodyguards and al-Qaeda bomb experts, as the Pentagon works to fulfill the president's vow to shutter the camp by the end of his term. It's reckless for the administration to continue to release terrorists like these to fulfill a misguided campaign promise to empty and close uh, to empty and close Guantanamo, that from Senator Kelly, uh, out of New Hampshire, a Republican from New Hampshire, the newly announced transfer of 15 detainees, 12 Yemen and three Afghans, to the United Arab Emirates marks the single largest release under this administration, with five months remaining in the president's term. The transfer is the latest effort to shrink the prison camp's population as part of the president's goal to shutter the facility. So they're releasing former Osama bin Laden bodyguards and bomb makers from Guantanamo Bay. Sure. And as as well they should, along with um, anyone else, because they're um, in this latest batch of of Clinton emails. They show a further connection between the State Department and the Clinton Foundation. This time, a conservative organization, Judicial Watch, has released 296 pages from the private server of Clinton, which include inappropriate ties between the State Department and Clinton Foundation. Clinton's top aides, favors for, and interactions with the Clinton Foundation seem in violation of the ethics agreement, that Hillary Clinton agreed to in order to be appointed and confirmed as Secretary of State, the group advised. The dirt on Hillary continues to pile up with the release of the documents being just the latest in a string of email dumps. The group also alleges that as many as 44 of the emails released were not turned over to the State Department by the Clinton camp during the federal investigation. Uh, That was important news today. Also, um, there was other news about the email links which the FBI apparently sent over its notes to Congress yeah. as Congress is looking at perjury charges on Clinton yeah, or so uh, is being reported. That'll happen. That'll, that'll <laughs> yeah. happen. Yeah. If, if we, be, but the FBI did not let the State Department see the notes from the Clinton interview and gee, uh, it provided them to Congress instead with a batch of classified documents from its year-long investigation of the Democratic nominee. And that paragraph, reported paragraph, <clears throat> alone should be enough for perjury charges, where Hillary Clinton said under oath that she did not uh, erase or, or uh, use classified information on her private email server. How is it yeah. then that those same emails are deemed classified documents as they're being transferred from FBI to State Department? She's going to... Yeah. I mean, it makes no sense. In, in in a closer look, in some this to me is an extremely important issue. If we could take a closer look at something here, uh, I think, folks, please pay attention to this. Uh, in in this segment coming up, in a closer look, this is critical. How many people saw 
what the Muslim mayor of London is doing, what what he has set up, Khan. The uh, punishing of online trolls, right. in his own words, commentators. Well, th- that's right. He, here's what's here's what's taking place in London, and we have to pay very close attention to this because here's the problem. It's coming to America. The office of London's first Muslim mayor. What he did was he gathered up millions of dollars, actually millions of pounds. And they're funding this online hate crime hub in conjunction and work to work in perfect partnership with social media providers to criminalize anyone who targets individuals and communities. All right. Now, think about this. Let's think this through. You've got this Muslim mayor. Don't you dare say anything about their prophet Muhammad. Don't you dare say anything about the Muslim refugees in London. Don't say anything about the rapes in Sweden. Don't say anything about Muhammad being a pedophile. Don't say anything about Brexit. Don't say anything about... um, well, anything that would violate the thought police, their sensibilities, because the London London Mayor's office, they're policing for, they're watching for your comments, and they're going to spend, what is it, nearly one and a half million dollars or a million pounds of tax, two billion or two million dollars U.S. dollars of taxpayers' money policing speech online after getting a grant from Home Office Police Innovation Fund. Now, the purpose of this program is to strengthen the police and community response to this growing crime type. This is Orwellian in nature, truly. And, and this the, the implementation of this is by a dedicated police team backed by volunteers. And once more, it's important to note that the measures will be delivered in this partnership with social media providers who, along with specialist office officers, will be filtering, will be watching, will be going on the chat rooms, will be watching the comments section on the mail, the Daily Mail online. And, and all of this, and, and even Facebook and Twitter, and working in conjunction with Facebook, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, our days are numbered, folks. If you're conservative Christian, our days on these venues are numbered because you won't be able to say anything that violates the Islamic ideological sensibilities or whatever. Did you, do you know, uh, did you see this Sally, uh, Cohen or Khan, Khan. CNN reporter? Or I, yeah, liberal uh, yeah. commentator Sally Khan slammed on Twitter after calling Sharia law progressive. CNN political tom- commentator and columnist Sally Khan received immediate backlash on Twitter Tuesday as she posted a controversial uh-huh. tweet about Islamic law, and her, she herself is a lesbian. The liber- liberal journalist claimed that many peaceful progressive Muslims believe in Sharia law. The legal right. code that guides members of the okay, Islamic Sh- state. Okay, Sharia, and we have to get there again. We we have to be not not to be really picky, but we have to be precise in our language. Sharia law is like saying law law. It's it's, it's Sharia. Period. All right, Sharia means Islamic law, which we don't need to. We don't need. It, it's Sharia. That's all. But pe- people will. 
Sam being picky, but yeah. So but she's I mean, she's a lesbian from s- London, and, and which which is relevant, by the way. It's very relevant because it's a blueprint for what's happening here and what's going to continue to happen here. Uh, there was a Fox News report I saw today where a University of Houston student who tweeted, "Forget Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter," was disciplined. Yep, was suspended from the uh, being uh, president of the school board. And made to take diversity classes for a social media post that said all lives matter. Look, the criminalization of thoughts, the criminalization of Christian ideology, of, of Christian, of conservative ideology and, and socialist conservatism, this is all under attack. We are under attack by these globalists, by these Muslims. And notice the, the notice these globalists put Muslims in charge. And you know, the, 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 Queer lives matter. Yes, there is such a thing. Queer lives matter. They, those people are, are bolstering up these these Muslims, and in the end, they're going to be victims. We're going to be right back. Stay right where you're at. place to be global star radio network it's the place to be youtube uh, your official youtube channel it's the place to be subscribe to hagman and hagman the official hagman and hagman report subscribe there go to hagmanandhagman.com click on the link to subscribe to our youtube channel check out daily hagmanreport.com for news information important announcements or social feed social so but that sounds like a funny word social uh, our uh, social networking sites, Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, yeah, we're we're on there until we're gonna, not going to be on there any longer. We're using the, the 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 mechanism of the beast as best we can to spread the truth until we're shut up and shut down. And uh, there are many people trying to do just that. We want to thank each and every one of you out there for supporting us, for being a beacon of truth in your own venues, in your own lives. Thank you so much, and thank you for being part of our lives. This is something, this program is something we don't take lightly. We we take it with a, an amazing amount of seriousness. We, we approach this with uh, sobriety, and uh, we want to thank you for being part of our extended family. Thank each and every one of you for being with us, not just in this broadcast, but every night, every broadcast that we do. And we are attempting as best we can to spread the word, spread the truth, and to get the um, get the mainstream media, the captured corporate Illuminati mass con- uh, mass mind controlled mass media, out of your programming. Because once you do, the freedom that that is consequential to that is amazing. And I would urge everyone, you know, don't be captive to your don't don't be plugged in all the time. Don't be captive to to the news headlines. Don't be captive to the electronic devices that we have become so reliant to use, and, and I and I refuse to use many. Go out, take a walk with your wife, with your dog, with your wife and dog. I wasn't going to say that, Eric. Don't, 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 don't no. Um, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting stuff in my ear here. See, he's telling me things, voices in my head. But um. No, 
Let's put this in perspective, because this is not a sprint. This is a marathon that that we're running here. And for those of you who think that this is a sprint, well, again, good luck with that, because I hope we can make it to the finish line. But thank you. Thank you for being part of our lives, and thank you for trusting us with with a, a most sober and sobering task. And that's to cut through the BS to bring you the news that matters, the information that matters, the information through both a Christian perspective and a conservative, socially conservative, morally conservative, righteous in my view, constitutionally accurate view. Kind of old school in a way. But thank you. Thank you all. But a lot, of, a lot more things to get into. Top of the hour, Stan Dale from standale.com will be joining us. And no, Holly is going to be joining us as well. Um, I have to double check. I sent you the email, Joe. Did you? When, when is Holly coming on? I have no idea. This is the first thought I'm hearing about it. Such is our communication system here at the Hagman and Hagman Studio. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well. So uh, I can't wait for that. Holly Dale will be coming on in a broadcast to talk about her book um, Prophetic Barrels so that's going to be exciting when that happens yeah um, okay so go ahead go ahead go ahead alright we well, we're going to get something we're going to get into some things this half hour uh, I got a number of stories that are important um, I want to touch on this first this, this was on Breitbart today and I read through this, and this is pretty interesting. President Obama, homeless women in shelters must shower with men. There you go. Now New it's a rules party. by President Barack Obama's Department of Housing and Urban Development, or HUD, will require officials at homeless shelters to let men who say they are transgender into the same bedrooms, toilets, and showers as homeless women. The rules are... Uh, gone over by this gay advocacy organization who supports the transgender ideology which insists that government must use its power to minimize legal and civic recognition of the differences between men and women according to David Stacy, government affairs director at the human rights campaign the new rules maintain that transgender women are women regardless of whether they were born male that according to the hill from this Breitbart article and from there it says if you're a transgendered woman and you walk into a homeless shelter and they treat you like a man it's traumatizing for the man who wants to be a woman the activist added these people are already vulnerable they're homeless they don't have a job to face discrimination and the entire time there is a real problem the new homeless shelter rule comes on the heels of Obama's new fair housing act which has ruled that felons can't be denied a rental apartment based on their criminal history. And the article goes on to talk, uh, but the Housing Act also notes prospective renters cannot be denied because of their race, religion, or gender. So despite the lack of any clarification from Congress or the courts, many of Obama's deputies are declaring that a group's refusal to accept a person's claim about their preferred sex is legally equivalent to discrimination against people because of their actual biological sex. And so, 
regulators now want to extend the transgender coverage to government-funded homeless shelters. Operators of shelters worry that being forced to treat transgender men as women will create a dangerous situation for homeless women who seek shelters, in many cases to escape abusive relationships. And that is uh, just crazy to hear well, that uh, HUD hold, is going to be... Hold on a second, because... Because... Um, well, well, let's go back in time for a moment. Uh, let's go back in time. Let's go back to September 21st of 2004. That's right. Joe Sobrand. Do, do you know who Joe Sobrand is? Uh, he, he He's a writer. Banned at Free Republic, by the way. The beacon of conservatism. Let's see. Back in 2004, Sobrand wrote an article called Equality Run Amok. And I want everyone to think about this. He wrote back in 04, September 21, he said, In a recent column, I made an observation about the vocal, quote, gay community that may bear amplification. No. He, too, had taken issue to the word gay in place of homosexual, as we have. There is no gay by definition. It's homosexual, and let's let's be clear on that. That's going to be a rule of the show. I'm putting my size 11 down. Boom. On one hand, he writes, these advocates tell us, us presumptive straights, he writes. I love how he... <laughs> it's just... Uh, yeah. That, that people's sexual orientation should be of no concern to us. But then they turn around and tell us that their orientation is the most important thing in their world to them. You see, it's the very source of their identity and a matter of pride. Well, so it should matter to us not at all, though it means everything to them. But isn't what a man considers an all-important fact about himself something other people should take into account when dealing with him? Sobran asks. Interesting, isn't it? Is there is Christians consider their religion the most important thing in their lives. Folks, do you? Your belief in God? I think you do. The defining fact of their existence, of our existence, this Soren wrote this back in 04. They don't say non-Christians should regard this as a trivial fact about them. That would be nonsense. And he's right, isn't he? Okay. Now, furthermore, the gays, in writes Sobran, ahead of his time, I believe, in parenthetically, as distinct from quiet homosexuals, uh, furthermore, the gays, make demands on the rest of us that require us to take notice of them, such as their current clamor for redefining marriage to include same-sex unions, the change whose ramifications for all of us would be vast and unpredictable. Again, think about the year 2004. We are still supposed to regard their orientation as insignificant to us, he, he asks. Such minorities, gays, being only one example, want it both ways. They complain about the way they're perceived, and, and 
as if they prefer to be invisible, yet they try to create new, highly visible, and, of course, totally favorable perceptions of themselves. And we saw this, folks, during the 90s, especially during the 90s, didn't we? With the explosion of gay television or homosexual television. Now, these are my words. Homosexual television programs, Will and Grace, the social programming. Oh, yes. Make homosexuals appear to be many vast numbers and make make them appear to be superior and and give them favorable light at any in all times but so back to sobran he writes they want to supplant the negative stereotypes with what they call positive images and we saw this again during that period of time running up to and including the decade of the uh, the first decade of the 21st century now, he writes, the colorblind liberalism of the last generation insisted that the ethnic differences shouldn't matter. The civil rights era taught us with endless and eloquent propaganda that race was an utterly unscientific concept. Even though it was transpiring, that racial distinctions weren't just social conventions. Some diseases stuck blacks but not white, struck blacks but not whites, and Jews but non-Jews. Anyway, Here's what I'm getting at. I'm getting at this. Um, his questions include such things as, as I went through his writings, isn't what a man considers an all-important fact about himself something other people should take into account when dealing with him? Um, are some groups exempt from the principles of equal rights and equal treatment under law? In other words, what he's saying is you can't have it both ways like the democratic socialist liberals want it you just can't have it both ways and uh, he had a he referenced there, there was a there was a uh, column that he referenced <clears throat> the metaphysics of the bathroom by Robert Riley it actually it wasn't a column it was a book that uh, had part of it well he was let me take let me let me go back here he referenced a column titled The Metaphysics of the Bathroom by Robert R. Riley about transgender, about the transgender bathroom debate. Now this goes back, um, this goes back only a couple of months from, from today, back in June of 2016. But this references all the run up to the Clamor, or all the clamor that that, that that has been run up to today. You, you see, when you redefine gender, you can't redefine gender. You can mutilate someone's gender, but you but you cannot re- redefine it. You can say you're a girl all day long or a female all day long while having a man's plumbing, and you can you can only mutilate yourself but not redefine yourself through that mutilation. The very little secret is there is no such thing as transsexuals. There are people who have been mutilated and via this mutilation or transgendered and and, and through this mutilation process 
believe them to be something they were not born to be. It's a lie, straight from the pits of hell. But it's at the epicenter of the argument that has a lot to do with the bathrooms and with these special rights granted to these people. But they too, as we had talked about earlier in a closer look with the London mayor, you see, this is only going to be tolerated for so long. The hate speech against the transgendered, against the transsexuals as they define themselves, or the perverse sexually mutilated will in fact become hate speech, but so will talk about that very same issue from a Christian perspective, thereby wiping out the Christian angle altogether in the globalists getting exactly what they want, and that is to muzzle Christians, to criminalize Christianity, criminalize talk about Christianity. That's the end game here. That's what it's all about. And one single religion, and that is based on this Islamic subtext, at least as the enforcement arm to usher in this new world, this one world religion. And it's a state religion based on what? Worship of the state, worship of the earth as well, worship of the small gods. It's the old world religion, just as it is the old world order. But think about what's taking place here. You've got a, a, an Islamic mayor rising to power, elected supposedly by the people in London, who is in the closer look segment, of course, going after any kind of crimes, hate speech on social networking sites and in the comments section on news sites, finding these people, penalizing them, criminalizing them, arresting them, arresting them. It's coming here to America. Say something against a Muslim, bang, you're going to get arrested. You say something against someone who mutilates their, their genitalia because they feel like the opposite sex, you're going to get arrested. Up is down, perverse is normal. But see, that's only going to last for so long until the the, the tentacles of, of this Islamic enforcement arm become secularized and the big picture is this in a flash in an instant it's going to change and the people who wore their sexual identity on their sleeve and were protected from such hate speech will in fact suffer the consequences of their actions through the enforcers themselves This is just a mere sidestep in the larger picture that we're presented with. It's important for you to understand where where this is all headed. We could talk all day long about the refugees and Merkel and Clinton and Soros. These are some sick, sick people. Sick people, if you even want to call them people. the destruction of, of Western culture, Western society, and Christian thought and Christian heritage. That's what that's what this is all about. That's the larger sense. Or the larger picture. 
got some financial news. Uh, you touched on this at the beginning of the program. program. Global central banks are unloading American debt. For the first six months of this year, foreign central banks sold $192 billion of U.S. Treasury bonds, more than double the pace at the same period last year when they sold $83 billion. China, Japan, France, Brazil, and Colombia led the pack of countries dumping U.S. debt. It's the largest sell-off of U.S. debt since 1978, according to the Treasury Department data. Net selling of U.S. notes and bonds year-to-date through June is historic. That's from a chief market analyst at the Lindsay Group, um, Peter uh, Bokovar. But it goes on to state that this is a uh, something that you need to keep an eye on as the sell-off is a sign of pockets weakening in the global economy. From low oil prices to China's economic slowdown, the currencies losing value are all weighing down global growth, which the IMF, IMF described as fragile earlier in the year. Now, despite all these countries selling uh, the debt private demand for the bonds have skyrocketed according to the treasury department and demand is so high the u.s can afford to pay historically low interest rates the 10-year u.s treasury hit a record low of 1.34 percent earlier this year before bouncing back to 1.58 percent currently now this uh, global dumping of u.s treasuries uh, will continue especially if the trans-pacific partnership is realized and put into law as Obama has been campaigning for himself and his own Trans-Pacific Partnership deal through the heartland of America, according to Politico. And he made some interesting remarks um, as he's taking the flight for the TPP trade deal to America's streets, directly countering the Donald Trump narrative and they say increasingly the Hillary Clinton anti-TPP narrative, which is a whole other area of subject because she's flip-flopped on this issue many times. But they say the White House is making an all-out push to win passage of the deal in the lame duck session of Congress, organizing 30 events over the congressional re- yep. recess to yep. gin up support for the agreement. Yep. Considered key to Obama's strategy and legacy, and they say in this article, to counter China, in the Asia-Pacific region, region, the strategy is to offer support and cover the small flock of Democrats who supported the legislation to fast-track the deal and remind wavering Republicans that they oppose it at their own peril because of its strong business support. Despite his embrace of Clinton, Obama has been unwilling to abandon a deal that he regards as central to his legacy, simply to avoid political fallout from her campaign. Although Clinton came out against the deal last fall, she supported it while sitting Secretary of State, making her vulnerable to attacks. And Obama says this, Well, right now, I'm president, and I'm for it. He said at a news conference earlier this month, And I think I've got a better argument. I've made this argument before, and I'll make it again. We are part of a global economy. We are not reversing that. Very uh, interesting choice of words. And a sign of the times, as we're closing out this hour, a sign of the times, Marco Rubio 
You know, if you you've been following these people, these are the people that you've elected, put in office, and are saying, oh, and are being embraced by Christian conservatives. Marco Rubio is being one of them. He's telling pastors to abandon any spirit of judgment. Don't don't judge gay people. Well, okay, I understand you've got to approach everything in the spirit of love. But Florida Senator Marco Rubio told pastors, pastors, no, no, he's not talking to the, to the, the average person out there. He's talking to pastors. He's telling pastors. In this rediscovering God in Orlando, which you should look into that, folks, that loving gay people instead of judging them is a fulfillment of the teachings of the Bible rather than something that goes against it. Now, we understand that you love one another as you love yourself, you love your neighbor as yourself. We get that. It doesn't matter what your sexual proclivities, preferences are. But you don't love the sin, evil agenda. You don't right. embrace or support that's right. the evil but but Rubio is out there telling pastors, you don't sit or you don't judge the sin, basically. You've got no right to judge the sin. In other words, Rubio, and you, you've got to distill this for what it is and, and understand how the mainstream media, how the Illuminati-controlled mass media is is framing this. It's, it's incorrect framing. The mainstream media is saying, well, Rubio is just saying we, we all should just not criticize or, or judge the... Um, the people who are who identify with uh, with the homosexual uh, uh, acts. No, what Rubio is telling the pastors, you ought not to be preaching the gospel in your churches. That's what the mainstream media is not telling the the people. What this is what Rubio is saying basically. You 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 must not preach the word of God because you will offend those people. Who are homosexuals, and you don't want to offend homosexuals. You see, you've got to read through the the fog and disinformation of the mainstream media, the captured mass media, to understand what this is all about. And, and folks, I mean, these are word games that are being played. Rubio, the darling of many, a presidential hopeful. I don't know how, based on the. Article 1, Section 2 of the Constitution of the United States, how anyone consider him a, consider him a presidential hopeful based on constitutional eligibility of, uh, by birth of, of, of uh, Article 1, Section 2. But, but nonetheless, but he's telling pastors not to, basically not, 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 it, it, you should stay away from the, those passages, passages in the Bible that would affect, that would offend your Homosexual parishioners. I could distill that down into the <coughs> into that one sentence or two sentences, but that is the social conservative aspect of today. This is the the meeting between the social conservatives and the moral conservatives and the Christian pastors, and it's important to bring this out. It's important to understand this particular. It's very important to understand this particular agenda. Understand what what's going on here. We're when all we, being lied to. Yep. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Standeo. Folks, go to standeo.com. Check out the show images section on the right-hand side of the microphone. If you scroll down on the right-hand side of his page, and he will be coming on talking about a number of issues from uh, earthquakes that are happening around the world to the Turkey, Russia, China, Syria alliance. The uh, Islamic Military Alliance is, uh, is a separate alliance he's talking about that intertwines the same countries as well as 
other things, or you can find all this information right on his site, standao.com, and the floods in Louisiana, the one-in-a-thousand-year storm. He's going to be getting into that, as well as other topics of discussion and taking phone calls right at the end. Stay with us. Standeo.com is our guest this hour. Folks, go to his website, bookmark it. You can check out his latest and upcoming radio appearances, as well as information, uh, Holly's book, Dare to Prepare, and her latest book you have down there, Prophetic Perils, as well as Stan's works, some of his lectures and other content, as well as what he's going to talk about here on the Hagman and Hagman Report each Tuesday night in hour number three on the show images section of his website. Stan, it's great to have you back on the show. Good to be back. Uh, I've got a few things to talk about. Hey, you know, uh, Holly's doing that show tonight, uh, or early in the morning between, uh, what is it, one and three, uh, Mountain Standard Time, with uh, Coast tonight. Okay. It's fantastic. Holly, Holly Coast Dale. to Coast. That's right. And, and, and of course, next week she'll be on with us. In your now, step. is she going on the hour before me? Well, it, it you know it, it's open to you. Well, yeah, yes, I. Um, however, you want to do it. Let's let's rock. Let, let's bring her on if if she's okay with this. The hour before you next week. Yeah. I okay. And yeah, then, and then I'll do the, the normal one there. Yeah. We can have question kind of time on team. both of them. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. See, folks, we aim to please. That'll be fun. And we're not from yeah. the government. <laughs> we're here to help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, you've got some interesting stories up there. Uh, we've been really... Um, well, well, wait a second. I've got to go back and revisit what you said. Holly tonight on Coast to Coast. Yep. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah, she's all been right. cramming for several days to kind of get all of her facts straight and try to figure out how to answer a zillion questions that might come out of the audience or out of, out of George. Uh, when sure. you have a book that big, you got to, you, you know, it's encyclopedia. It's so big that she's uh, yeah. running through it all just refreshing because it's been a year and a half in the writing. So well, she's up this is, at the moment doing yeah, that. Th- th- this is one that uh, here on the East Coast I'm going to have to stay up for. It's going to be late, of course, but I can do it. I'm a big boy. Uh, you might as well get up early instead of stay up late. <laughs> That's an even better idea. Yeah, it works for me. Yes, sir. All right. Gosh. Yeah. Hey, what? Sorry, go on. Go on. No, 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 no. So, so, folks, next week, next week, Holly Dale preceding Stan Dale in a tag team, husband and wife, prophetic barrels, and then Stan Dale. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be great. All right. So, go ahead, Stan. Okay. uh, relating to her book, you know, she was just doing some uh, review, and she was telling me about how many of these great floods we're having in the states here. Um, you know, the one in a thousand year floods. Uh, we've had, yeah. I, I think she said something like eleven or twelve of them, and in this year alone, 
we've had four, counting the one just happening now, still happening in Louisiana. We've had one, let's see, four in this year that were one in a thousand year floods. So we've got 4,000 years worth of floods that have happened here in the United States in, in, in uh, 2016. So something's wrong. That's incredible. I mean, this is massive. Yeah, it is. And uh, I just saw that today they were talking about the one in a thousand year historic flooding in Louisiana. 30,000 people evacuated, eight dead. Uh, and uh, just the pictures from there are, uh, and you read and watching that storm, but did they classify that as any kind of tropical cyclone, depression, storm, or otherwise? Because that just know. sat over Louisiana and continued in rotation and gaining steam as it sat there. Uh, yeah. As of last week. Well, you know, um, in the picture next to that on my uh, show images page, which is down about one, two, three, uh, four, four rows down the middle, I have a latest photo taken by a Chinese girl named Phoebe Pan of a massive sprite, lightning sprite. And if you click mm-hmm. on that, it'll turn it right side up so you can see it and, and expand it a bit. Um, this was taken three days ago, and I, you know, she got a picture of a lightning strike, not from a cloud to the ground or ground to the cloud or between clouds. This is a lightning strike going up into the upper atmosphere straight out. Now, we know about sprites. We've seen them, you know, but uh, this is what's called a red sprite. You'll see the fingers over the red at the top of it. But this is a dirty, big lightning bolt. Um, you know, uh, to, to kind of give you an idea, um, go over to the next uh, frame to the left there, and you can see how long lightning strikes are from normal clouds to ground. And then you look at these sprites and see how many kilometers or, or miles they go up into the upper atmosphere, up to the ionosphere. Uh, this is this is huge. And to see this many and be able to photograph, us, photograph them tells us that there there's more storm activity and and this is weird because we're having what's supposed to be the slowdown period in the sun you know not so many sunspots in fact some days are sunspot free but uh, the heat the heat is coming not only to us but all the planets like we talked about last week and heat is what drives these you know tremendous thunderstorms and and, uh, hurricanes and stuff like that tornadoes so something to keep an eye on I, I just this you know, this stuff over in Louisiana is a direct result of increased storm activity over areas that it didn't normally do. And Stan, if you get a chance, um, you know, that wind map that we look at, uh, if you look over the Arctic, there is a, there's what are some calling a great Arctic cyclone um, that is, it looks like a big hurricane over uh, the North Pole. And I don't know what impact, and apparently the pressure is very low, Um up there and uh, this is a story I just came across a, f- a few minutes ago but the it, it basically says that this uh, is on par with the central pressure you might find in a moderate sized category 2 hurricane and they say such lows are a common feature of Arctic climate but rarely gain such intensity in the middle of summer so ah. it's, a, it's a great Arctic cyclone yeah I see it the winds are, are in the center are only about uh five miles an hour and uh, reaching out a few hundred miles there only about 28 miles an hour so it's not like a hurricane yet but uh, yeah I do see what you're talking about uh, there's one probably just as active about the same figures off 
the coast of, of the Aleutians, uh, heading toward uh, inland toward Alaska. If you look at that uh, that map, that Earth Null School map thing. Okay. Let me just check the it's South Pole and see what's happening down there.
Um, and it was an expansion between the land masses when they were all together, not a hundred million years ago, but you know, thousands of years ago. Anyway, that's, that's a drum I beat too often, I guess, but uh, I get excited about that. Kim also mm-hmm. sent me. Rightfully so. I mean, it's an interesting um, sign of the times, too. I mean, obviously. Biblically, uh, it's a biblical sign of the times. A- am I right in that? I mean, I. I oh, yeah. I just read so, Holly's book, Prophetic Perils. There, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think and it's something we all should be paying attention to. So that's just me. But go ahead. It is. Now, uh, Kim sent me another notice about Popocatapetl down in Mexico, a volcano down there. And um, in the third row down the middle, if you want to click on that, uh, in the middle it'll take you to a, the news article on it saying it's erupted four times in under 24 hours. Now, they have had it for months now. They've had Popo on uh, a, a level two alert, which is one level below three, and three is the worst uh, eruption in progress. And at level two, they're told to stand by for instructions to evacuate. And imagine being, like, what are we in August, seven, eight months worth of standing ready to evacuate should the authorities say we're going to lose you know, people in houses because it's going to erupt and throw heavy stones out at you. But um, it certainly is an impressive um, video that you can click onto that site and roll down a bit. You'll see a picture of Popo there. It's only about, I don't know, 16, 18 seconds, something like that. And um, it, it's really impressive to see that stuff shooting up. And if you were living in Mexico City that close to this, you'd look up you'd during your lunch break and, and say, wow, I mean, this is not time-lapse photography. This is happening at that speed. And it does spew out a rather interesting cloud. If you click on that and go down, you can see what I'm talking about. Um, there are probably 19 major uh, stratovolcanoes around the planet erupting at the moment. I think about mm, seven or eight have been added to those erupting out of, uh, in the last month. Um this is interesting because we're seeing activity along the fault lines that I've discussed before that I think were made by massive meteor impacts into Chile and Peru, into Indonesia, and you know, um, uh, into uh, let's see where's the into um, is it Japan? No, I can't I can't remember where it was now. But anyway, where these these things are occurring down in Vanuatu in that area, we think there's evidence of one or two meteors that struck at right angles to each other there a long time ago. I mean, really big ones. And it's on these edges of these where these meteors stopped moving in the surface. Uh, you see the ridges pushed up by them, the semicircular signature of these things. And it's along those ridges where you see these earthquakes and uh, you know the profusion of them. In fact, if we look up at the top row middle earthquakes for the last seven days, you'll see something else interesting there. Over uh, where Australia is, you look up to the left in Indonesia, and you know, uh, you'll see a ring. Uh, it's active. Um, the southwest uh, ring of fire, which goes down to New Guinea and through the uh, uh, the uh, oh, like the island chain, it goes back up into toward India. You see a nice tip there that's formed by all these earthquakes in the last seven days. And if you look over um, into South America, the junction where that meteor hit between uh, Chile and uh, Peru there, you'll see there were a number of rather interesting quakes there as well. Uh, Up in the United States, not big ones, but small ones 
which are, are relatively interesting because if you look at that image, you'll see that it forms kind of a um, slightly elliptical outline of the northwest United States going through Yellowstone up into Mount St. Helens and back down through California down to the tip of the Gulf of uh, California and then back around uh, and up through to Yellowstone. I don't know whether this is a sign of increasing stress being released. You know how you, if you're bending a piece of uh, rigid plastic, uh, you know, like uh, plexiglass, and you're about to break it, you'll see little tiny small micro-fractures occurring where it's going to break, you know, like type things until snap, you've broken it. And this is what I'm wondering, if all these little bitty tiny quakes are precursors to a big snap somewhere on that, that whole section of the northwest United States. Anyway, you can see that in that that image. <clears throat> and if you go to the uh, yep, next yep, yep. image over, uh, number one, that gives you a closer look at where those earthquakes are occurring in the United States, and the lower 48 anyway. If you look at that, you can see that it goes up through the Rockies, and a uh, little tiny lake there is part of Yellowstone, and back up around and up into... Uh, Washington State. Uh, we see these little quakes all the time, but I'm just seeing more of them, and you know, clustered together in a shorter time frame. So it's something to keep an eye on. The uh, there's a planetary alignment, uh, from what I believe, or from what I've read, that uh, during the same planetary alignment that happened 10 years ago, uh, or 12 years ago, was the Eight or nine point three earthquake in Sumatra, I believe, if I read that correctly. Um, do these planetary alignments, in your with your uh, research, do they hit, have the ability to create the right climate for earthquakes? Well, the earthquakes build up because of pressures that build up between you know opposing. Or fractures, uh, you know, pieces of uh, the mantle that are pressing or sliding against each other are pressing over each other. And um, these build up until something triggers a release. So it's not the planetary alignment so much that causes, you know, or builds up the energy uh, imbalance. It's when something gravitationally stresses the Earth, moves, you know, bulges it or depresses it, depending upon how you look at it. Uh, and you've already gotten a situation where something's about to snap, it pushes it over the edge. And I think there is truth to that. In fact, um, I, I uh, did a study some time back uh, looking at that same uh, program probably that they're talking about that allows you to spin the, the solar system around and move the planets to a certain date. And I found that when the major gas giants on Saturn and Jupiter were close to each other and Venus was on the same side, uh, that we were more seeing more uh, large earthquakes at that time, and, and unless the, the the stresses are such on the surface of the Earth that they're ready to erupt into an earthquake, unless that's there, this will only just cause tidal effects in the land and in the in the uh, the oceans. But if there is a stress there that could be released by this stretching of the surface of the Earth by gravity, then yes, you'll see it happen. And so, as I say, it won't always happen on those alignments, but those are the most likely because it's lopsided in the solar system, which puts pressure on the sun, which emits more, you know, uh, the solar wind, which impacts our magnetic field, which mechanically puts pressure on our, our planet. Uh, and then you've got the gravitational factors uh, from Jupiter causing all this and Saturn all being on one side of the sun. R.C. 
RCA did a study of this in the 50s, and uh, they did come up with a positive uh, plot showing that uh, when the gas, well, Jupiter particularly, was uh, you know at 90 degrees ahead of our orbit and Saturn was somewhere else, that they saw more earthquakes occurring. So that tells you that, you know, officially they do look at these kind of things. It's not a conspiracy theory or anything else. It's, it's serious science, and uh, they are coming to conclusions that are fitting with our amateur attempts to, uh, you know, see what alignments cause more quakes. So, yes, okay, that's a long way to say yes, but that's, that's, that's yes. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Well, and I guess it's something to keep your eye on here in the next few days uh, as this planetary alignment uh, has happened and we're still on the time frame uh, to watch for these things. Well, um, I'm just checking right now that I pulled up the program and have uh, dived out into the solar system. This is fun. Um, okay, at the moment, hmm, well, that's interesting. Jupiter and Saturn are about 90 degrees apart. Uh, and Earth is ahead of them, so I don't know why that would affect us there. But if that's what we had for that Richter nine in, in the uh, Sumatra, or, or sorry, where was it? Um, yeah, that's uh, I think the Indonesia. That's going off somebody else's report. I didn't. That's what I read today in one report. I didn't verify it with a second, but uh, I figured I'd ask you if that's something you came across. Well, so. yeah, I don't know about this particular configuration, but. Um, yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I don't. It, typically, we do have this this alignment I was talking about. I'm looking at Jupiter, and between Jupiter and the Sun is Venus, and then there's Saturn. And I, I'm just trying to remember. I think Earth has to be behind Venus coming around on the approach when this alignment occurs for the maximum effect. But could be wrong. Yeah, it's a neat program anyway. Yeah. Solar System Scope, folks, if you want to get it on your computer. Solar System Scope. And it gives you 3D access to the solar system, and it lets you run planets and, and moons at various speeds, and you can zip it around. We've talked about it before earlier this year, but it is something that will allow you to see planetary alignments um, exactly how they would be, except that in one view of this, the, the way they give you the view, the planets are all, you know, the orbits are exactly, say, you know, the same amount apart. And if you plot it in, in the way it actually occurs, it's not quite so obvious about the alignments because they're further out. But this, it gives you the option so that you can see what to look for in the real distance map uh, and the real orbit map, which you can switch to on this system. Anyway, that's solar system scope. Um, mm-hmm. While we're on solar system stuff, you know, there's been such a lot of talk about we didn't go to the moon, and the major reason coming up now is because of the Van Allen radiation belts. You've heard that, yes? Yeah, and I actually read through the uh, the math sheet that was on your website there that talks about this. So you see, you know, when you do the numbers and you look at the, the actual plot of the, the course that Apollo 11 took, going to the moon. This guy, you know, there's another paper I haven't even put up yet because it would probably blind most people with the, the physics and the, the formulas, but basically this is a, a man who uses mathematics fluently uh, and is, you know, uses orbital calculations uh, that NASA uses for figuring out where the spacecraft is and where the destination is and what path they need to take to get there. And he's plotted it out showing what Apollo 11 did. 
you look at it in 3D, um, what they did was they found, as I would suspect, the weakest point of the inner Van Allen belt. It's a little little tiny, thin part of it. And you go through there and you change your, your, your orbital uh, vector just slightly so you can go through the weak, uh, weakest point of the outer electron zone. The inner zone is a proton zone, as you can see on the side. So uh, when he calculated how many minutes at 25,000 kilometers an hour, whatever, you know, the astronauts were exposed to, whether it was, you know, uh, what kinds of radiation, there are several kinds you can get from there, and how much, you know, in, in rads they would get going through it at that speed, how many minutes it would be there. And uh, I think it was 58 minutes or something like that. So when you figured it up, don't worry about it, you know. I mean, they, they figured out the sneaky way to get through it, and yes, they did it. And then you look at the actual Apollo 11 cores that were plotted over the top of the ionospheric rings, and uh, you can see how they got through and didn't die. However, um, the the astronauts didn't make a lot of, you know, like... They didn't make several trips to the moon, the same guy. They would change over the, the crews, probably giving more people experience, but also probably trying to figure out how to minimize the radiation exposure, which they do get. They do get some going through these weak spots in the atmospheric or the Van Allen belts. Anyway, uh, I thought that was important to um, put up there for people to do reverence and, and say, Okay, well, yeah, I guess we could have sent astronauts to the moon. Uh, it's just another one of those rabbit holes that somebody's put up there to try to say that we didn't go to the moon. There are just so many factors. Um, you know, one guy was saying, well, we didn't go to the moon, and uh, the reason that the other countries didn't, uh, you know, dob us in was because we held some kind of, uh, you know, bad uh, report on them or some, you know, some uh, chit, that, you know, what you call a... a, a, a a gotcha type thing that they would make public, but I don't think that's enough to cover all the countries. You know, like China wouldn't care one way or the other, and they haven't said anything that said that it was a, a fake landing and that kind of stuff. And the number of people that would have to be muzzled and have to be careful with everything they said to hide the fact that there was a, a movie set up and uh, some, you know, orbiting satellite with uh, astronauts out there somewhere that didn't go to the moon. The, the logistics are just enormous so anyway put put that argument to rest guys okay thanks for clearing that up stan and folks again go to stan's website standao.com go to the show images page on the right hand side of the microphone down on his page on the right hand side and you can follow along with what we're talking about we got stan for our last segment of the show coming up and if you want to ask stan a question give us a call 844 844- Seven six nine two nine four four. That's eight four four seven six nine two nine four four. Your chance to talk to Stan Dale. Take it. Take it. Take it. <laughs> we'll be right back with Stan. Stay with it.
We're talking with Stan Deo. Folks, if you want to have, if you have a question for Stan Deo and you would like to talk to him, give us a call at 844-769-2944. For the next 30 minutes, we'll be with Stan taking calls as we cover topics. And Stan, before we go to the calls, I don't know if you want to get into this. The, there's two things on your show images page that caught my attention, both pertaining to the newest and latest alliances, one between Turkey, Russia, China, and Iran, and then the Islamic military alliance of 34 nations. Right. Well, um, you know, um, what we're seeing is an alliance of the Arab, uh, 34 Arab countries, and an alliance of the countries that are going to be in the Ezekiel 38 war, you know, the Gog-Magog invasion of Israel. And this is coming together so rapidly that your jaw has to drop. I mean, we're just seeing um, these nations, I mean, Turkey and Iran, you know, they're shaking hands and we're going to stand together. And you've got uh, Saudi Arabia and the, and the Gulf states and Egypt and a number of them there that are unified into a military uh, uh, consortium of 34 nations, and it's not, you know, like sitting around a table chewing bubblegum or something. These guys are talking about going against ISIS, and of course that would include a dive into Iran. And uh, with with that, you'd almost think that the war would be, would be between the Gog-Magog people and the Arab con, uh, consortium there. But, um, yeah, it, it's quite uh, quite an interesting development. I'm uh, watching it, you know, with bated breath because it's just... Uh, well, the 34-nation Arab alliance that involves Saudi Arabia also involves the United States backing and facilitating them. Am, am I correct in, in, in this assessment? As I look at this, um, you've got, uh, and, and we covered this at the beginning of the show, you have, uh, uh, you've got uh, NATO, Turkey specifically, uh, you know, you go back to November of last year, shooting down a Russian aircraft. Then, of course, the series of events as they unfolded. Uh, you, in in response to that, you had an, the attack at the Istanbul airport. Very interesting timing to that. And, and usually, ISIS claims responsibility. No one really claimed responsibility. Now, now we're to the point. If you fast forward to today. You got the, the you know Erdogan uh, uh, shaking hands with Putin, saying, "Yeah, yeah sorry about that little incident back with the plane," and Turkey switching sides, essentially leaving, at least mentally leaving NATO, siding with Russia, and the United States, and, and siding with Russia to, um, and Iran in a way, and to, to, to fight ISIS while the United States is siding with Saudi Arabia and the coalition of Arab nations to fund ISIS. At least this is the way I see it in this murky, through-the-looking-glass area. Is is that kind of what you see? Or Yeah, you know, the United States, I mean, with our base over there in Turkey being surrounded by, and power cut to the base, and surrounded by Turkey's troops, you know, just after or during the coup attempt by uh, the military against Erdogan, um, that tells you that uh, the United States and Turkey are on the best of terms. And, of course, if you look at all the money coming from Saudi Arabia and other Arab countries, uh, lots of them, into the um, Democratic um, campaign money for Hillary and, you know, and uh, oh, yeah. Bill, 
they're coming as a package deal. It, and, and the stuff that they're, they're sweet-talking Obama for tells you that we are allying ourselves with the Arab nations. Now, I do suspect that the first thing will happen will be the, um, well, now, can I say that? Yeah, yeah. the first thing we'll see happen is the 34-nation uh, Arab Nation Consortium, plus a few more members that they're trying to, to get to join. They will uh, they get together and going after terrorism, uh, as they define it, they will probably uh, do the Psalm 83 invasion of Israel. Of course, they'll be uh, defeated horribly uh, with a burning fire, you know, type thing, and whatever that is, whether it's nukes or whatever from Israel or from somebody supporting Israel. I don't know who's who would do it from the States because Obama just sold Israel down the river. But um, anyway, I see that coming first, and then later the, the Gog-Magog thing. What what kind of puzzles me is a seven-year period of, of uh, burning the weapons of war after the invasion in the north of Israel by Gog-Magog. If they do that, you'd think it would be at the beginning of the... Uh, tribulation period, and uh, either the Arab consortium has to go before that or after that, somewhere down in the middle of the tribulation period, which I suppose it could do. But, uh, I mean, even the great minds over in uh, uh, Israel, you know, the rabbinical colleges and the yeshiva, they have argued back and forth about whether the, uh, when the Gog-Magog invasion is going to take place in Israel. It's kind of a a gray area, but something we need to keep watching and expect. Watch both the Arab alliance and watch the uh, Russian, Turkey, Iranian, uh, you know, Iraq type of alignment, which has a lot of terrorism in it. Um, we know that historically that the Saud family of Saudi Arabia have financed bin Laden uh, or allowed it to be financed look the other way. Uh, in this case, the Saud family may be able to cut the funding to ISIS and other terrorist groups, um, you know, like al-Nusra and things like that, and, you know, end terrorism by just saying, stop, guys, we're not paying anymore, and, you know, go home. Um, that would make the Saud family quite uh, the hero in the world if they could uh, back off the Islamic terrorism. There's just a lot of ways it could go, and uh, the good Lord is... Interesting the way he tells his prophets to write these prophecies for us to interpret as we get closer to the moment. And we're certainly closer to the moment, but I don't know that the picture's any clearer yet. We're working on it. That's, no, that's true. It, it is kind of a murky uh, a murky picture. But, but it's amazing, Stan, how quickly events have taken place, especially over the last six months, a year, but even the last six months, how, how much has changed. And I had said I was I was on with Alex Jones today, um, and we oh, talked yeah. just briefly about this. And I just I just said you know it's really all about the petrodollar taking down the petrodollar. Um, Russia is we, we're we're finding ourselves on the opposite sides of the spectrum with Russia, and of course Russia, they're all about the, the, the energy, and uh, so are we. But ours is fragile the fragility of the, of the petrodollar. Which is in the, in the sights of Russia, Russia siding again with with Syria, Iran, Turkey, um, and this power shift. Erdogan cozying up to Putin, which is interesting. Turkey kind of switching sides, if you will, and Putin wants to destroy NATO. I mean, wipe NATO out, which is a defensive mechanism because NATO is putting a, a surrounding Crimea 
and uh, surrounding a surrounding a Ukraine Crimea with uh, bases and 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 uh, military assets. So I guess it's more of a defensive maneuver by Russia than a an offensive maneuver. Yeah, I don't want to glorify Russia. Or I'm just stating I'm stating a fact. I mean, it's it's difficult, isn't it, Stan? I mean, it, it's it is difficult. I, I, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's just we're still uh, studying it because uh, uh, anyway, it's it's interesting. Indeed, it is. Yeah, we got a number of callers, Stan. If you want to take a few calls. Uh, oh, all right. right Sounds like a plan. I suppose we can do that, eh? All right. Now, somebody's ringing on my phone. I'll, I'll be interrupted periodically, I guess. They're trying to call through, <laughs> right. but not to worry. We'll bring on Brian from South Carolina first. Brian, you're live on the Hagman and Hagman Report with Stan. Thank you, Joe. Doug, great job today on Alex's show. I got turned on to all you guys by Alex's show. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of sorry this is going to be our uh, left turn from the what you all were just discussing, but uh, Stan, I was uh, doing some archive looking into some of David Icke's stuff and I was wanted your opinion on uh, some of the things he has said regarding the moon and Saturn not to be vague but uh, as far as how that is affecting human behavior oh I don't know uh, I gotta tell you I don't hold as much of what David Icke puts forward it's a bit fantastical to use that word um, <laughs> you know I I don't go there as, uh, very often to to look for information that I can count on. Let me just put it that way. Ten four. Thank you, sir. Alrighty. All right. Thanks, Brian. And, and I understand. Uh, the moon is out. When the moon comes out, Eric is, starts scratching his chest and and his back, and hair comes out. And <laughs> Eric the tech. But anyway, he's, he howls, and I don't quite get it. But uh, all right, we got. Um, Two Canadian callers. We're going to go to Randy first from Canada. You're live on the Hagman and Hagman Report with Stan. Well, hi, Doug, Joe, and Mr. Dale. Randy, um, hello. Hi. I have your second edition, Holly, second edition of uh, Dare to Prepare. Right. That's fascinating. That's old book. Yeah. Um, about the moon, about the uh, missions in space. Right. I have three things that bother me um, about going to the moon. Briefly, they're, uh, they never had a landing on Earth of the lunar module that was successful. Um, Neil Armstrong did it once, and he had an eject just before hitting the ground. He almost died doing it. So it was never the successful landing of the lunar module on Earth. When Chernobyl happened, I guess they asked um, NASA for the astronauts' spacesuits, and they said there's no protection. Is what I also understand, and then look at the way they acted when they came back. Like Neil Armstrong and Matt, you never saw them. They never talked hardly at all. They never was out in the public much at all. It was all hush hush. All of them just were quiet. So, and there's no pictures of stars. I, I think from that, so there's no pictures of stars. Well, the pictures of stars don't bother me that much. On the landing, that's right. I say the picture of, the, of missing the stars doesn't bother me that much because. If you're looking at photos versus what your eye can adjust to, because you can adjust the f-stop of your eye just by, you know, willpower. But the cameras that were used, the Hasselblad, 
they were stopping down. Was, as much of it as could be done was made automatic, and the cameras were covered with the reflective foil to you know keep them cool in the, the lunar temperature. But it was so bright that the thing, the F-stop down, you're like F-22, F-32, would really stop down. And this does give you a depth of field, but it cuts down the the minimal starlight that you would see from stars out there because uh, it just it's like in Photoshop uh, you move the dark up enough you know from the, the dark uh, grayscale bar enough the stars disappear in a photo if you look at it uh, today the one that has uh, stars okay so, so I'm not enough. to worry about that lights don't see the stars right say again the brightness of the city um, you can see stars more in the country when it's dark. Yeah, but the the moon, uh, being right on the surface of the moon, it's so white, uh, you know, that it's a lot brighter than um, starlight or, or city lights, you know, at night with, through the haze. Uh, okay. I understand what you're saying there, but uh, you've got to create the same kind of situation in your mind and realize that um, it's so bright without an atmosphere, a uh, normal atmosphere, anyway, it's got natrium there, but so bright that, you know, you have to stop down the uh, the shutter on your cameras so that you don't overexpose. Um, they're taking the picture for the light of the, of the moon versus the light of the stars, which are dim. And so they've set the parameters in the camera automatically to go to that, uh, that side of it. I mean, Hubble telescope gets pictures of stars all over the place. Yeah. Um, anything okay. else, Randy, before we let you go? What's that? Anything else before we let you go? Well, I'm just worrying about the lunar module landing. Okay, well, now, on, on the lunar module landing, the, the test that he was doing with it, they they use the suspension devices to try to keep the um, the effect of gravity uh, to be similar to that on, on Moon. But it, um, I think that's probably where the problem came in. And, you know, there were, you know, a number of moon landings after that, and, you know, we don't hear of any problems that they had once they were on the actual planet without all the gear hooked up to the uh, lunar module to try to simulate uh, reduced gravity. That would be my first thought on it. I, you know, I don't know anything else other than that. Thanks for the call, Randy. we got to move on. we got another caller in Canada, Cece from Canada. You're live on the Hagman and Hagman Report with Stan. Doug, Joe, good to talk with you gentlemen again. Stan, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing quite well, thank you. Um, thank you. A while back you were talking to us about uh, rapid continent expansion, that you didn't think that the continents had separated from Pangaea, I think it's called. Yeah. Quite as long as modern science is saying, and you gave a really drastically short time and you used as your evidence the Mid-Atlantic Ridge. At the time I was listening to your talk, I didn't have a notepad handy. I do now. Any okay. chance you could give a small discourse on that again, please? Well, there's a there's a pretty big uh, discussion that I could give on that, but I'll try to limit it down here. Basically, I'm in the school of um, amateur geologists that say that the Earth and other planets do expand as they age and solar systems and galaxies do the same thing they spread out and so with the earth this expansion is what caused Pangaea to split apart uh, well part of the reason uh, a, a large uh, meteor an asteroid hit let's see one two about five of them actually hit during the time that we had Pangaea 
and this eventually caused the earth to expand because it was slowing down from all these impacts and the the the, the heat that it dissipated and things like that so the mid-atlantic ridge was where all of the continents were together in that one landmass. They weren't in the Pacific. That was just a big ocean, probably part of the Tethys Sea that they talk about. Um, and so as the Earth expanded, the major separation was in the where the rivers and things uh, ran through the continents, uh, what are now the continents, ran through the landmass. They were weak, eroded areas in the crust, and that's where they split. And at that weak place, of course, as it starts to spread like in a, a bubble of soap, you know, uh, soap film in the air, it will expand faster in one side than the other because of heat. And it, it'll, in essence, in the case of the Earth, it is allowing the magma to come up through thin fissures along the Atlantic Ridge, you know, north and south both. Um, and there were a number of factors that caused this, but the uh, the bottom line is, is that the the reason we have that ridge there is that's where the land masses were connected, and that's where the meteors, you know, the Yucatan Peninsula one, the Cotopa meteor, the China meteor, uh, a number of these large meteors did hit the Earth uh, within a reasonable distance of each other time-wise, and it just enhanced the rapid split of the continent. And uh, that's, you know, it was what allowed the magma to come up and make that ridge. I, I guess that's the shortest version I can make of that. Right. Uh, you said something that that could have happened like very, very rapidly, I think, a uh, couple of thousand years, as opposed to the millions that they have told us about? Yeah, the reason is, um, the other part of the discussion is like the Satterfield Papers and various others that are working on it uh, for revised um, Einstein-type models for the universe. Um, when we have the Big Bang Theory, it uh, all the mass in the universe, every galaxy, everything, is all down into this very tiny little spot, very dense, as you might imagine. So it ex- explodes, or, you know, the Big Bang, and as the, the mass starts to come out of there, it forms swirls and patterns in the fluid of space, what they call dark matter now. And at that time, you know, within a few seconds, minutes, or whatever, the density starts to drop, but not fast enough. So... Well, not fast anyway. So electromagnetic radiation, light, and various other things that we use to determine the age of rocks and hence the universe, um, the, the electromagnetic radiation was going a lot faster because the fluid of space was much more dense. When I say much more, it was like 10 with 60 zeros after it faster you know, or denser than it is now. And so light traveled that much faster than it does now. We've assumed that the light speed, uh, you know, never changes, but it's constantly decreasing. Now it's very, very small decreases, but it was an exponential curve from the Big Bang till now. And as a result, when you apply that formula uh, of the uh, the change in the speed of light and the density of space uh, to the age of the universe, everything comes down to, you know, hundreds of thousands of years or less. We're not talking, you know, billions. And in the case of the Earth, it's, you know, less than 50,000, probably less than 40,000 that we can determine from the magnetic field decay, you know, from the hysteresis point here on the, on the planet. Uh, did I make that clear? Well, thank you so much. Okay. All right, Bruce, All right you're welcome. All right, we're going to go next to Brian in Colorado. You're talking with Standale. Hey, hey there, Stan, Brian. this is Brian. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Stan. 
Hey, Brian, where about to you? Uh, northern Colorado, right near the Wyoming border. Oh, okay. Up near um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Cheyenne. American up there. Freedom yeah. Network territory. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's anyway, your question tonight, Brian? You know, I had a uh, well. I know. I know you. Uh, you. Your latest chapter in life has been uh, kind of into end times prophecy and stuff. And I've been listening to you. I've been listening to all you guys for many years. Anyway, we had some guests from church the other day for a barbecue, and um, Mary had mentioned, you know, that oh, Brian, you know, Brian into end time prophecy, prophecy or something like that. And so obviously, I'm put on the spot right then. And uh, <laughs> my friend's uh, my friend's wife, you know, pretty much took over the conversation. Thank God. But uh, she was saying basically that her theory was, and I had heard it before, was that uh, you know the whole revelations of Daniel and the whole uh, revelation of John was basically uh, something that w- that took place many years ago. Or the the prophecy, her whole thing was the prophecy had already taken place, and it was like a reference to Nero and all this stuff. And I'm, I mean, of all the years I've been listening to everything, and you know, I had some comebacks and stuff. But her, and I said, so where do you think we're at now? I'm, I'm like, there's Christians being beheaded all over the the face of the planet. There's obviously a giant battle coming up. And, you know, obviously, I did. it's my friend's wife. I didn't want to get into a heated argument, but I was like, you know, where do you think we are at this point? And she said, we're in the kingdom of God already, the thousand years. Oh, and no, I, you know, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God. And uh, Excuse my pardon. Yeah, but, I wouldn't do that, but uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, I was just, uh, you know, I'm a, young, I'm a younger guy, so pardon my language. But, uh, oh, anyway. I know how that goes. Um, you know, it it was. Uh, I, I really had no comeback, and uh, you know, it was kind. I was kind of like. Well, um, ask you this: there, there's there's one there, there's one thing uh, that that you can go at her with if you have to. Uh, question wise, not not you know aggro, but um, ask her. Well, why Israel becoming a nation again now was accomplished back in the time of Nero? It didn't. Right, and that's that's you know, a major timepiece for where we are in prophecy. If you take that out, uh, maybe you can have her argument, but the, the the rebirth of Israel and all the things that have happened and are happening now and the nations forming around Israel to invade, all these things have never happened before. And yeah. you can put that and, back and in the argument. One of, one of my arguments was that, you know, they're saying that there will be... Uh, you know, um, earthquakes in in far far off places and distant places where, and pestilence and you know, and I was saying you know they, they there's there was no way back then to know if there was earthquakes in far off distant distant lands and and I was just saying you know basically our our argument came down to you know I was like you kind of have to really take the you have to take that le- uh, leap of faith and take the Bible. In reality, you know, and for for literal, and because uh, she was just she kept going on and on about how you know those were basically I was misinterpreting it because it was written to the Jewish people and I'm not a Jew so I don't really know what what uh, the Book of Revelations how it was supposed to be interpreted and all that and so I'll hang up um, and I but I would just like. You know, if that if that argument ever comes up again, and 
the Lord knows I spend a lot of time listening to, you know, Doctor or Pastor Billy Crone, you, uh, Joe and Doug, and all you know, all of us. American Freedom Network has a very open, open uh, forum here with people from all different backgrounds, and so I figured myself pretty versed. But when I heard her say that we were living in the uh, the kingdom of God and and that uh, Revelations has already passed, I was just like so taken back. I had really no rebuttal. Well, I, I have heard the argument before. I forget what the official name of it is, but you might look at uh, you know get online and look up you know the Kingdom of God um, uh, version uh, of uh, the Book of Revelation, and it might uh, give you some pointers one way or the other. Um, uh, yeah, I just typed in King of God version Revelation, and yeah, there's a lot of references in there. Uh, Bible Hub. Uh, enter the Bible, um, and you might just thumb through there and see if there are some rebuttals to that viewpoint. Excellent. Thanks for the call, Brian. Um, Stan, we got one more caller. Dwayne in Texas, we only got about a minute and a half. All right. Dwayne. Go ahead. Yes. Um, have you all heard about um, Al- um, Hillary, uh, her June 7th speech? And it's, um, if you haven't, then I'll tell you. In the speech, she states, she goes on and on about the glass ceiling, and on and on and on and on. Then she says, there's a glass ceiling over us, and uh, you may not be able to see it right now, but don't worry, we won't be breaking this one. Basically, you understand what she's saying. She's not going to be president. She has no intention of being president. Um, so if you haven't seen that June 7th video, uh, watch it if she hadn't... If she has no intention, Brian, what's she, uh, Dwayne, what's she up to? Uh, she is, um, what she's doing is she's, um, she's uh, double teaming Trump, uh, to let, let, and she takes all the hits that Bernie doesn't have to take. See, and then when Bernie gets in there, he's just like, well, I don't know what you crazy guys have been arguing about, but I, I, I haven't been playing dirty politics. I'm a saint. You're saying she's going to step down and Bernie Sanders will take her place? Well, that's what I've been saying for quite a long time now. But then, of course, Alex came out the other day. and uh, But here's the thing. Yeah, I'm saying they're double-teaming double, they're double Alex on purpose. In fact, I'll bet you that she showed him a, a picture of some type of tumor or something. But anyway, um, beyond that, it really caught my attention when there was 96 days between June 7th and September 11th. 96 is not an occult number, but 32 and 64 are. And so, um, for weeks, up until August 10th, I pre- <laughs> for about two weeks before August 10th, I was predicting that that the narrative would come out, the, assa- the Hillary and, uh, assassination narrative would come out. And in fact, Trump talked about uh, the Second Amendment on the 9th, and then on the 10th, 64 days later from June 7th. And that's the very first um, network news, uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, CNN, or Fox News. If you do a Google search for June 9th, they didn't touch it with a 10-foot pole until the 10th, even though he spoke about it in the evening. So I was exactly correct in predicting the assassination narrative would come out exactly on the 10th.
Sorry to cut you off there, Dwayne. We did get what, what you were saying, but we are out of time. Stan, want to thank you for coming on next week. All right. Holly. All right. Thank you, guys. And you'll be following Holly. Yeah. All right. Next yeah. week after Holly. All right. Thanks, Stan. God bless. Have a great night. God bless you now. Night-night. All right. Always a crowd pleaser when Stan Dale comes on next week, as you said, Joe, uh, Holly first, or sec, well, hour before Stan, Holly Dale talking about, uh, her new book. And then don't forget to catch her on Coast to Coast AM tonight. And then next week, uh, the third hour, second hour, Holly Dale, third hour, Stan Dale. It's going to be a double team, double header to, uh, next week. God bless each and every one of you. Join us back here tomorrow for the Hagman and Hagman Report.